0: Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Well, the Phoenix Suns did it again. Instant replay. Flash it back. After a 118-106 win in the opener, it's a 118-108 win in game two. There were definitely some differences. Uh, there were, there are were multiple reasons the Bucks lost that game. Yeah, I know. The Suns scored more points. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bucks won the first quarter, uh, but they could not hold Phoenix under 30 points the rest of the game. And 118, that's, just, that's a winning number. If you get to 118, you're probably going to win. If you can't get to 110, you're probably going to lose. And you can flip that. If you hold your opponent under 110, you're probably going to win. The Suns really won the kind of game that Quinn Snyder always wanted the Jazz to play. Who shot the three better? The Suns did, 20 of 40. Look at the 40 attempts. They took a lot of threes. And everybody, everybody pointed out that they won the 50-50 balls. They made more hustle plays to get to more rebounds, more loose balls, more deflected passes. If it was a 50-50 ball, the Suns were much more likely to come up with it it than the Bucs. I was at work at Channel 2, and I was driving home, and I was listening to the start of the game. And Doris Burke was on that early in the game, and I got home and uh, watched uh, the game and watched some of the post game afterwards. And uh, Mike Budenholzer in the locker room brought it up to his team. You know, they got the camera in the locker room and hey, got to win those 50-50 balls. And Tim Leger was bringing it up on the post game on uh, on Sports Center after the game on ABC, so everybody saw it. It was obvious to all of us. Got to win the 50-50 balls. Just Got to get that. Got to get more possessions. And not only do the Suns get them, but then, you know, off the offensive rebounds or the scramble or whatever, they're hitting three pointers. They're 20 of 40, and the Bucs are 9 of 31. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I wondered if he could come back. And he had a decent game, right? He's 20 and 17, 20 and 18 in the first game. Could he come back bigger, though? You know, a couple more days, get in a little bit of a groove. Sure enough, 42 points on 15 of 22 shooting. Didn't shoot the three well, didn't shoot the free throws that well, but 42 points, 12 rebounds, and four assists. On the other hand, the role players, nobody really got it going. Uh, Middleton who's kind of their second option, their second guy, and in the clutch, a go-to guy, 11 points on 5 of 16 shooting. He was 1 of 6 from 3, and he never got to the free throw line, not even one time. And Drew Holiday was 7 of 21, he had 17 points and 7 assists, but... You're only shooting 33%. The team, aside from Antetokounmpo, everybody else shot 38%. There just wasn't enough offense around him. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 4 of 10, 0 for 2 from 3. I mean, you just go on and on. Uh, it, it, was, it was a struggle for the Bucs. And you can look at the offensive end, you can look at the defensive end, and obviously they feed on each other. It's a chicken and the egg thing. You know, if they've gotten more stops where they've been running more and maybe guys get some easy stuff in transition and heats them up, but they didn't get enough of that. And if they hit more shots, okay, maybe their defense is set and they defend better. But it just it didn't work for them. Uh, I thought they were slightly more competitive in this game. There was a similar deal. You know, it was close early, a little back and forth. But by the second quarter, the Suns are taking control. Um, the lead didn't get as big as outrageous. It still got up into double digits. But, and the Bucks got back within five. But, man, the Suns had a three-pointer every time they needed it. They got it. So they're up 2-0. And we got a question up on Facebook. Should it be the Jazz who are up 2-0 right now? How many of us think that? And it's it's hard for me to sign off on that one. You know, I would like to say yes. I'd like to say, yeah, they could have done it, and they were right there. But they didn't beat the Suns in three regular season matchups. And the Suns are showing a little more resilience here in, in tough situations than the Jazz did. And I know the Jazz... Were injured and beat up in those last four games and it'd be easier to say yeah it'd be the jazz if the jazz had showed better against the suns in the regular season and i know playoffs don't always follow the regular season so i can't definitively guarantee you the jazz would have lost to the suns but watching the, way the suns are playing watch the way the jazz are playing and watching the way the three regular season games went seems to me probable the suns probably would have beaten the jazz in the western conference final seems likely we'll never know the jazz didn't get there However, it's not that big a jump. Do they get better? Do they improve the roster? Do the guys are there? Are they a little tougher, having gone a little deeper in the playoffs, having a little more experience? Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell will. I, I think he will. Now the question is, will he have guys to go with him? Because he can't have stat lines like Antetokounmpo had where nobody goes with him. You know, Booker was really good, 31 points. And he was 12 of 25 shooting. So, almost 50%. He was 7 of 12 from the three-point line. A little better than 50%. He didn't get to the free throw line. In game one, I think he shot eight free throws in the first half. Didn't get to the free throw line, but, man, 31 points, five rebounds, six assists. He did a lot of damage. And Chris Paul was there with 23 points, and he made half his shots, 10 of 20. And three of five from the arc. So, their stars got it done. But they had some roll guys go with him. Bridges going for 27 points. Aiton and Crowder in double figures. Not huge games for either one of them, but... Still in double figures. Now, their depth is getting tested here. Sarich, torn ACL, so he's done. Uh, Tory Craig went down. Don't know how bad it is. He played eight minutes before he went out. Um, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to play Kaminsky? More? Kaminsky played one entire minute in this game. I don't think Ayton can play 48. He played 42. Now, the great thing for the Suns here is you can play your guys bigger minutes because you're getting extra days off. You know, you, you play Tuesday, Thursday, but now there isn't a game until Sunday. So, there's a little rest to bounce back and I think that's why Paul played 41 minutes and Aton played 42 and Bucker played 44. Those those are huge minutes. And he got an extra day to recover. So, and really the conge- the schedule doesn't get that congested the rest of the series. There there's there's a lot of days mixed off here. mixed in going forward here, a lot of days off. So, the Suns may be able to get away with big minutes. But when Aton does sit, what do they do? Can the Bucks get him in foul trouble or foul him out? Uh I think that's gotta be that's gotta be part of their plan going forward. That's gotta be it's gotta be part of the deal. Go right at him. Uh, and that's kinda of what Giannis wants to do anyway. Giannis loves to attack and get in the paint. So if you get him in foul trouble along the way, great. Outstanding. So But it's two games to done now. Suns two down, two to go, or if you wanna go bigger picture, they've got fourteen down and two to go. Uh, they are on the brink going to Milwaukee. If they, they got the home court advantage, so if they get a road game, they are really in good shape. Uh, and I don't think they're in horrible shape if they come home 2-2. But obviously, you get to 2-0, you, know, you want to come home 3-1 or 4-0. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think they're going to sweep. Uh, and if they get one, they're going to be in great shape. And then they close it out at home. Their fans can celebrate, and great. So we'll see where it goes from here, but it's 2-0 now. All right, DJ and PK, more in a moment. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, You're outstanding. but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Mark, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? We are doing well. And you've had about a week now, a little more than that, but about a week of name, image, and likeness. And I wonder, how much have you learned? You got more questions than you did a week ago? You got more answers than you did a week ago? Is your head spinning faster than it was a week ago?
2: Oh, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been a good, good first week. You know?
3: uh, it's
2: been filled with a lot of training and education, understanding, um, and uh, it's fun to see some of our real engaged student-athletes uh, start to make progress in whatever they happen to be interested in. But uh, it, it is such an early phase of all this. Um, you know, we're just, we're just anxiously awaiting anything that we can help.
4: So you have a football program that is extremely high-profile. Everyone knows that. And you've got some guys on that team that... would want to uh, align with it's clear right I mean they're good students they're good athletes they're good people and all that stuff and so uh, I would think that they've already been uh, inquired about as far as that goes from the university's perspective we were just talking about how universities would like to be involved what is your level from a university standpoint in terms of reviewing and almost to the point I don't know if approving is the right word but what's going to be the connection there
2: Well, you know, obviously, we talked about this being a weekend. What is literally eight days in is us finally getting the structures of of what the quote-unquote rules of engagement are. I mean, right up until the 11th hour, well-documented, we did not have any structure uh, from from the NCAA and how this would work. And, of course, you guys know we're in a state that does not have specifications via state law. So when midnight on July 1st uh, came about, or I should say 1201, you know, we really had an opportunity to kind of do what we thought was the very best for our students. And so we've kind of crafted along those lines. And so what we've really done is is talked about how to do this with our students, right? How to. So the how to would be come forward with concepts, ideas, things that you want to do, work with our compliance office, get some basic understandings of, of how this would work, some understanding of of anything that may come about. And, of course, we're talking there about tax issues. If we've got kids on Pell Grant, if, if there's effects to that. Um, we also want to make sure that they do understand, which has not been widely reported, that there is still some eligibility items we have, to, we have to work on. If they're doing a deal that's inducing them to stay at the University of Utah, if it's an incoming kid to come to Utah, that will affect their eligibility. They have to do things that are straight pay for work, endorsement for work, that are similar market values so we've that what other people would get. So we're, we're working with them on all that. Um, the best thing we've, we've really been able to do here is something I'm really proud of is Charmel Green, our deputy AD and chief operating officer who's leading this initiative. She just developed this incredible partnership with her team with the business school on campus, and that's the LaSalle Institute, which is a great entrepreneurship program here. And so we're working with those people to work with our students to kind of craft – they want to move forward in their brand how they want to do certain things so that's what kind of we're seeing a lot of that right now just explanation how to those kind of things and we have certainly seen some activity Um, we certainly seen some of our students start to do things that we're excited about they're maybe not getting the publicity of Master P's kid (laughs) or those kind of things but we're seeing some chip away at different opportunities that I think will be great for them
0: so, are the early businesses that in are interested? Are they uh, businesses that have already been aligned with the university? Is it brand new? Are they more digital? Are they more brick and mortar? Are there any early trends? Uh, you know, I think what we're seeing is is kind of a kind of a mixture. We're seeing
2: uh, we're seeing some social media spaces, of course. We're seeing some Cameo. I'm sure your listeners know what Cameo is, and we thought this from the very beginning would be common. That's where our students can go on and and give messages and videos to to folks that want to pay for that. It could be happy birthday messages. It could be reaching out and speaking to somebody. We're seeing some limited uh, work on Cameo. Uh, We're seeing some, uh, you know, other type, again, social media type things. And I think we always knew that that would be really common. And so we're not surprised by by any of that. But at the end of the day, there's two things that come to mind, right? One, it's July, right? And this is a time that our student-athletes, either are in complete rest mode, uh, taking a mental and physical break, or if the case of our fall sports, they're deep involved in their summer conditioning program. And you got to have a lot of time to do this stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, it's up to them to do the work, uh, to reach out, do all those things. And it, it's just going to take some time, and it's going to take some initiative. So I think we're seeing a, a small percentage of our kids involved. The rest of them are just kind of watching, trying to figure out if they want to jump in.
4: I don't know if concern is the right word here, Mark, but what is the level of interest if it is concern from the coaching perspective as how is it going to affect the teams?
3: Well, I mean, certainly that's
2: been a big narrative for the last year plus on this is how does this all come in and how does the, uh, you know, the star athlete on any team he or she get money and the others don't. You know, these are all the, the things that were of concern to, my, to many. But it really hasn't been that big of a concern for us here because, you know, maybe we're just real proud and, and confident of our coaches and how they handle team dynamics and expectations. Um, and I think we got great kids here. I don't think a kid wants to come in and cause friction on his team by doing something that's unseemly or getting way far ahead of anybody. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a couple incidents here and there, I mean, just like any place, but not too concerned about it. You know, not too concerned. um that it's going to cause cause issues. Obviously, that's up to the coaches uh, you know, before July 1 and after July 1. And work with them.
0: Mark, you're breaking up there. We've lost the last uh, 20 seconds or so here. So, uh, Yak, you want to pick him up and talk to him, see if you can uh, reestablish that? And we want to hear that answer. And answers to come from Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director. Oh, I'm just
4: getting started here.
0: <laughs> I bet you are, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of questions with this. Yeah, I want to go in. I think the time thing is is a big deal. What do you mean? Well, we hear how busy these student-athletes are. I mean, we talk to him. You know, Jalen Johnson, graduating three years, uh, trying to get to a place where he can go in and compete in the NFL right away, and you talk to him about social life and the college experiences. I don't have time for that.
4: <laughs> yeah, but you got time to make money, though. It's another yeah. story. Money, money talks, my man, and we all know that.
0: All right, we got Mark Harlan back on. Sorry, Mark, can you go over that? But we just didn't hear the last twenty or thirty seconds there.
2: Clearly, I I need to get a better endorsement with a cell phone. There yeah. you go. <laughs> but uh, no, I was I was just saying team team dynamics have been something that have been concerned, you know of concern I think by by a lot of different folks, but we just haven't seen any issue with that. Nor in all our educational work, we've been meeting with our students for weeks on this. It's just not something that. Uh, you know, we really believe is going to be issue here. I think most kids, if they have an opportunity to earn well or do things, I think most of their teammates would be proud of them and happy for them. Um, I think if you start getting team dynamics that appear because of that, you probably had something else that was brewing anyway. So I'm confident our coaches will be able to handle whatever comes uh, in regards to that.
0: So I'm curious, you compete inside the Pac-12 conference and you compete with these other 11 schools, so you want to have an edge on them. On the other hand, you also work together with them, and the brand is all one, and you certainly share ideas and best practices. So, how does it work with name, image, and likeness? How much is sharing is going on with this, and how much of this is? I don't want to tell those guys: we got to beat those guys. We're recruiting against those guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've been working pretty closely together on it. I mean, as I said, we, we've been dealing with all the, the issues with, with what was going to come from Indianapolis via the NCAA on this. So, we've been working real close with the member schools in our conference, and of course the conference officials um there has been some sharing of best practice particularly on the education piece uh how does your compliance office work what maybe third-party vendors are you using to help with with some of the things but um it it really hasn't been kind of a uh, a secret thing i mean i'm sure we have some ip so to speak that we haven't shared with everybody and i'm sure they would do the same but by and by it's been a very collaborative process
4: a lot of this as far as kids getting opportunities not exclusively by any stretch but some of it's going to be based on their personalities and the way their personalities have gotten out to the public has been through the free media interviews and they've got to play well and all that stuff but they you know they've got to be able to handle themselves in front of microphones and cameras and whatnot and that's a learning experience unto itself and you see kids come in and be very shy as freshmen by the time they're juniors and seniors and they're very very comfortable and I can list a ton of uh, Utah athletes that have just been marvelous at it. Brian Johnson comes to mind back in the undefeated season in uh, football the last one that you had there. So I'm wondering how much is this going to change the sports information aspect of it in terms of allowing kids to be accessible to be able to show their personalities as they develop?
2: Well, in my mind, I think it can only help it. And, and let me tell you why. One, team rules are still going to apply, right? So team rules are always going to be clear that there's obligations that you have to be a Utah student-athlete, and one of them is you have to engage with the media when asked uh, whether that be post-game, during the week, whatever. I mean, there's, there's not a situation that we would allow for for a kid to say, I'm not doing that, unless it's unrelated to, uh, you know, something they're dealing with with their health or anything like that. That's a different story. So I think if you look at it from the perspective of it gives him or her an opportunity uh, to, to show themselves and to see those personalities. You mentioned Brian, and, and there's so many others we could mention that, uh, that, that are great and that's an opportunity uh, to put themselves out there. So I think we'll probably see more kids want to get involved if they believe that'll help them with their brand and, and those kind of things. But we're not going to get in a situation where uh, I'm sorry, Paul Kirk, our great uh, communication director. I'm not going to do that today because you know my agent says I'm, I'm I'm not going to do that. We're we're not we're not going to allow for that. Nor do we have any anticipation that our students would push back on that.
0: Mark Harlan, joining us right now, University of Utah Athletic Director. So, where do you think this is going to be a year from now? Have you got any idea where this is going, or is it just hold on tight?
2: I really think it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty simple. You know, the rule is there now; you can do that. I think a year from now, the students, particularly the ones that have been here on campus, you know, freshmen will always go through uh, the indoctrination process of this. But I think. Students will understand how much time they have for this. Remember, they still got to be a college student. They still have to do all the things they need to do to compete. And that time that's left, I think they will uh, figure that out. And where they want to jump in, jump in. You know, I think it's the headline for me, and it's, I've been saying this publicly for a while, the sky is not falling. Uh, you know, we'll kick off the ball on Saturdays and sometimes Thursday nights, and, and we'll, move, we'll move forward. Um, we also know that there will be things that we'll all read about and think hmm you know uh, nationally that that kid went there and you know we'll scratch our head but I think we do that now yeah right don't we we, 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 we do that now so I think I think it's probably going to uh, probably settle into what I always thought about 10 or 15 percent of our student athletes are really engaging in have an opportunity and the rest if something comes their way they'll come forward and we'll help them do it
4: Throughout your uh, career as an athletic administrator, you've worked in a lot of different places and some bigger places where they've had pro teams of all sorts and even multiples down there, obviously, in the Los Angeles area. And then you come to a place, you're down in Tucson, you come to a place here like Salt Lake, and you know full well that college football, these guys, in, in, in essence, are our professionals, and we the media cover the, the heck out of college football and make a big deal of it where someplace like in the Phoenix area, you know, I've said it a million times, Uh, the Devils can have a huge win and you turn on sports radio and they get to it two and a half hours into the show because they spend the first time uh, portion of it talking about the Cardinals because the pros are where it's at. So my point for you is do you think that this could be an advantage in terms of recruiting, even though you're not allowed to recruit to it, but the kid and his people can be smart enough to realize, hey, if I go to a place like Salt Lake, College football is the only show in town, basically, at that time of year. So it might be able to help me financially.
2: Yeah. No, obviously, I, I do believe that. I do think that uh, it's a special place to compete here in Salt Lake at the University of Utah. You know, all the sellouts, if we're talking about football, and of course, some of our other sports as well. But, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's obviously a place where you can get a lot of engagement from fans, from media. And I think that that's just something that any young man, if we're talking about football now, is going to look at. You know, but I also believe the other things are important. Who's going to coach you? Uh, what kind of facilities do you have? What kind of university? What kind of degree? Uh, who are you going to play? Uh, you know, is it a full stadium? All those things will still be a part of the equation for a young man. I don't think any one thing. Again, I'm talking about the mass majority of the time. I don't think any one thing uh, will, will take you over the top. I do say on this particular subject as they dive in, I think any kid or parent would look at what you just said and be pretty excited about sending a young person to the University of Utah. Let me make it clear, you can't go the rule is is you can't go and induce someone to come here to University of X by saying, hey, you come here and I'll set this deal up for you. But what you can say is time goes by. You know, you can say, listen, here's our LaSalle Entrepreneurship Partnership. Here's the things we're doing. Here's how if you engage in this experience, we're going to help you. We're going to educate you. We're going to make sure that uh, you've done this the right way, stay eligible and have great opportunities. Here's a look at some examples, you know, of other kids that have done great things. They did the work. You can come in and do that, too. That's all fine. And we look forward to to really showing that off as, as time goes on.
0: So how savvy do you think that uh, athletes, their parents, and uh, their high school coaches, whoever the other mentor influencers are, as far as over time realizing, hey, you go to Oregon and you partner with Nike and you go to L.A., and especially SC, and there's all these opportunities in uh, Hollywood. And, you know, in Salt Lake, there's the spotlight because there aren't as many pro sports. You know, there's not Major League Baseball in the NFL. Uh, how savvy do you think people get on the other end of the recruiting spectrum without your coaches or any coaches in any school having to say anything?
2: Well, listen, I, I know there's always the fringe on either side of any, any issues. At the end of the day, most, most parents that I meet with, they, they, they want to talk about how they're, again, football here, how their young man is going to be treated, uh, how they're going to have the ability to, to graduate, have a great experience. Uh, that's the majority of conversations that we, we have with parents. It doesn't mean that they want to, uh, don't want to make sure that their son has the opportunity to earn if, if he's got the time. But most parents are those like parents of always. They, they want their son to come in and have a great opportunity to, to get better, grow. Um, And that's what we we focus in on. Listen, I I know there's going to be headlines. I saw the one at at Oregon yesterday by Kevon, and that's a great opportunity for him. And I'm sure we'll have someone that that has something like that that everyone will be reading and talking about. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, you know, what, what parents and families cared about before July 1 is still heavily prevalent today.
4: How's the South End Zone project going?
2: King Golf Red Zone is going great. Uh, it is. Uh, it's just amazing. Every every week, uh, you just see more changes. Particularly now in the interior, uh, very excited about where it stands. You know, we've got very few uh, you know, seats left in there. We're, we're now kind of segueing to filling up the, uh, you know, the return of the bleacher seats that will kind of go up on each side as, as, it, as it heads up there. Uh, really excited about it. Students are excited about it. I uh, really look forward to some open house stuff we're going to do in August so so all fans, whether or not they're sitting in there or not, can come in and take a look. You know, underreported about all of this is the new space downstairs. Uh, dare I say, guys, a whole new media area. I know you'll miss the crocker room a lot. <laughs> uh, but a whole new, new media area, incredible locker room for the Utes, great recruiting areas that we can walk students by. Uh, just just an amazing uh, facility, a, a club down there that's going to fit up to 900 people, a field club, the team will run out in pregame right through the, the crowd. It's going to be special. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day who tried to scientifically explain now how the sound will be trapped uh, in, in the south there, won't head out toward the street. So you can imagine, if possible, it's even going to be louder than ever. So, uh, we can't wait to get that that started, and uh, it's amazing to think that's a couple months away.
0: So the media space, is it going to go back to the uh, old type of media rules? I get asked this all the time. What are you guys going to do? And it doesn't matter, you know, depending on the fan, it's jazz, it's shoots, it's cougars, whatever. How's that going to play out? What's that going to look like after a year of Zoom?
2: Well, we got to get back to to in person. You guys got to do your work. It's good for our students to be in that session. I mean, obviously – uh there could be some times when a zoom makes sense for everybody but i i you know our head coaches know my my play here is that we're going to get back to uh you know to, to doing business as we did before because i think it was a good way to do it um and uh you know in in the case of football just the, the way we've set it up down there now i will say this you guys it's a, it's a big room with a glass wall so that club group is going to you guys will be like fishing a bowl in there <laughs> so the so they'll be looking at you. So when uh, PK asks one of his infamous questions, uh, he'll get those same looks DJ, that you're looked at by by hundreds of people watching.
4: Oh no! So you
2: guys will have to do a, you'll have to do a little hair hair and makeup uh, post game. Be nice.
4: Yeah, I'm excited for it because uh, I think at that point, you know, once that thing is up and running. Uh, the way I look at that stadium and then with the football facility that opened, I think, before you got there and all that stuff, I look at it from the football perspective. The U of U pretty much at that point has everything that it needs to be successful.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's certainly something that uh, we felt like we needed to go over 50000 We needed to add premium seating. We needed to get way better working space for, for our football program during a game. Um, so really, really excited that we're there. And during a pandemic to have all our donors step up, not miss their... Their uh, annual pledge donations has just been really inspiring um, and shows the care that everyone has. Uh, and, and then you look at our fans who were buying tickets during a pandemic. So, you know, it really uh, its just another testament to our amazing fan base. And, and, and you're right. You know We have what we need. We've got great coaches. We've got great students. Uh, we just need to get back out in the field and do our thing.
0: Well, Mark, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking name, image, and likeness and uh, looking forward to the wild, wild west, whatever this evolves into.
2: It'll be great, guys. I appreciate uh, having the chance to talk to you guys and look forward to seeing you soon.
0: There's Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director on name, image, and likeness, and we're just getting started with this. It'll really be interesting to see the, the different dynamics here, what football players get versus everybody else, or football and men's basketball versus everybody else how much it really matters what you have as far as social media, like the university of Utah gymnastics team. If you're a gymnast and you come in with however many thousands of Facebook and Instagram followers, do you just crush it? Especially if you've just been on the Olympic team. Huh? So there's lots of angles. And I really think for football fans, how much do local guys stay put? Cause they've already got stuff going and they're already known or Hey, I want to go to Oregon. They're going to send me the NFL, and I'm going to be in the playoff. Maybe that still holds sway. And what does this do to the transfer market? Because when you transfer and you start over and nobody knows who you are, you can be a good player. Charlie Brewer can come in and crush it, but he's only going to be in front of the fans for three or four months. So, And how much of this matters? How much of it is, hey, for the football players, i got to get to the NFL, and that drives it, and the other stuff is just a footnote. A semi-lucrative footnote that they want along the way, but it's just a footnote, and it doesn't really shape big decisions. All of this to be figured out. We're all trying to predict what 18- uh, and 20-year-olds are going to do. So good luck with that. All right, when we come back, the Utah Jazz, it's time to start thinking about off-season moves. NBA Finals, two games down, it'll be over soon enough, and then it'll be draft, and then it'll be free agency, and there can be some trades mixed in. We will talk with Craig Boulderjack next. Stay with us.
1: Rises and fires for the playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, You're outstanding. but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK, we're joined now by Craig Jack on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Bowler, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I like the song coming in. What is that, uh, PK, you can
2: check out, but you, but you can never leave?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that 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 just describes jazz fandom to a T. They want to check out after disappointing losses, but they always are in, and yeah, passion is read. always, you can't, you can't. You, you can say you did or you will or whatnot, but nah. no, I don't buy it. Nope, nope, no. Nope. Maybe for a time or two, but when it really matters, you're right there.
2: Yeah, maybe take a trip to the back porch and come back in, so, Yeah.
0: So you've got a little distance, a little removal from the, uh, from the playoffs here, and not to just completely rehash the playoffs, but they inform the offseason moves, where the team has to go from here. If you had to prioritize one, two, or three things to do with the roster, what would you do?
2: Uh, boy, that's, those are all great questions, and they're all going to be answered soon. Uh, the first you know summer of, of Ryan Smith and Justin Zanuck making some big decisions with, I'm sure, some help from Dwayne Wade. But, you know, I I think, again, you you always start a team with uh, who's going to run the show. And so, you know, you do have to make a decision on what direction you want to pursue Mike Conley. And all indications, again, report the Jazz will pursue Mike. Um, And I don't know at what cost. And I'm not sure where, uh, you know, Ryan – and the, the, the ownership group wants to go with luxury tax. But, look, there's going to be some suitors uh, for Mike Conley. But, you know, I think Mike knows what the Jazz are, what direction they want to go, and also his relationship uh, with Donovan and the team. So I would think that's one plus for Utah. But, you know, again, you have to put it on paper. You have to be concerned of a couple of things. One is age, and, of course, the other is injury. And you have to look at, uh, you know, I guess the analytics of it all, but still the gut feeling you have to have is what can Mike give you if it's a two-year deal a one year. I'm not sure he's going to sign for anything less than two. Maybe he wants two, you know, and then his option. Uh, I, I don't know. But it's, it's going to cost money. And But also you have to weigh the odds of, of health and how many games can you truly, truly get out of Mike Conley. And then saying that, guys, I would think you'd have to have another plan of action on who are you grooming to to be in that position in the next two years or so and a legitimate backup point guard um, if you're going to keep the rotations the same as Mike is the one and Donovan as the two, but those are interchangeable. We all get that. Basketball's changed a lot in the sense of the numbers game. Rudy is a true five, obviously, but... You know, most of the time, coaches that I run across don't even like to put a number on a player. They just play ball. So I would think that's one probably upping their defensive abilities on the wings with a bigger athletic player. Uh, look, Royce played his you know tail off at six four against some of the greatest players in the league. Uh, and again, I think that's still an, an issue the Jazz need to have is more of a uh, of a defender who can run and flow. Uh, when the Jazz uh, knee transition defense, and those are my top two. Uh, I mean, the the shooting, uh, the the Jazz have you know a corral of three point shooters. Do they try to up the the Annie and their bench? What team doesn't? So those would be the top three uh, that I think the Jazz are looking at. And I'm not sure about trades. Look, they may go into you know into the free agent market if they can't find that. How aggressive are they in the trade market? those are questions I can't answer because again I'm, I'm anxious just to see who Ryan Smith is when it comes to aggressive off-season moves and this is his first summer and we're gonna we're gonna find out.
4: So I think certainly they should make uh, Conley a priority. I actually think that uh, length of a contract might be more important than money, but it's not my money, so it's easy to say that. And you don't want to be saddled where you're looking at a situation where you're just waiting for the deal to run out. They've had a couple of those over the years, and teams that have that, by definition, it doesn't end well. So I'm very not concerned, but I'm... Uh, curious maybe I guess or wonder how long the deal is going to be and we had Lock on last week as we do and he was talking about the idea broached the subject of potentially trading Joe Ingalls not because of Joe's any lack of ability, but because, you know, to, to get something, you got to give up something. But in my mind, if they want to bring Conley back, which I think they do, and, and I certainly would love to see it, then I actually think that that pretty much guarantees that you've got to have Joe on the team because yeah. you have to have somebody who's ready to step in because obviously Conley's not going 82.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, the, the Joe Ingles discussion, you know, and David's right. Every, every team, if you want to uh, you know uh, improve, you have to give up assets to gain them. I mean, that's just that's just the simple way of, of, of doing business. And you know what? If Mike's not his – you know, the other one, too, PK and DJ, the other part of this discussion is Mike has a decision that he can make. Yeah, he can be flattered by the pursuit of the Jazz, but he may have other suitors. He may have other goals. Uh, he may get a sweeter contract, right? So is that a situation where you can sign and trade him so you do get something back in return, unlike what happened with the Hayward situation of a a few years ago where you lost an all-star and got nothing in return when he signed uh, with Boston. So, yeah, all those things come into play. And uh, you make a great point about Joe. I mean, Man, I tell you, that'll be a tough day when Joe Ingles uh, retires, or if he is, uh, if he moves on, because again, seven years of Joe Ingles, as we got, as we all know, fun to cover. Uh, always has something up his sleeve to discuss, but also, you know, plays his heart out, and he's a, he, he can play multiple positions. I mean, he's another coach on the floor, and well trusted by Quinn Snyder. But your point is well taken. Teams do have to give up assets to to improve or gain the elements or or the player they need to fill gaps. So, again, interesting to see what direction they go.
0: So I'm curious, just in your interactions with small conversations, not only with the two people I'm about to ask you about, but other people around them, if you have a sense of how the organization's Uh, philosophy may have changed with uh, Dennis Lindsay no longer the primary decision-maker and Justin Zanuck is. Now, they work together, so I assume there's a lot of similarities, but there's always differences. What might those be?
2: Sure, sure. Well, I think Dennis, again, is the analytic guy. Uh, He builds teams and and hired Quinn to coach him. And, and, And again, he put together a hell of a team. There's no question. I think probably this transition mm-hmm. steps outside the box a little bit or z or Justin zanuck is z as we call him um he he's a guy that has uh relationships with i think with agents that are stronger in that regard um and also probably communicating those desires with players and so i, I think that probably bodes well that that you know, an agent, a former agent, understands that part of the business, and I believe that would be a big, a big plus when you're dealing with contracts and relationships. Uh, not saying Dennis didn't, but I think that that's a strong suit uh, for Justin. So those those are things again that will play out as well. Uh, communication, uh, relationships, and the fact that it's a tight group that they know one another and there's a trust factor there and they can, they can communicate what their needs are and, and saying what, you know, playing time minutes and those type of issues that come up in the discussions when you're pursuing maybe a free agent, you know, what, what's this guy going to be able to do? What do you want him for? And what's your goals ahead? Uh, I think Ryan, honestly, getting back to this, uh, the Ryan Smith's first year of ownership He made it very clear he wanted to be a title, uh, bring a title to Utah, want to be a champion. You know, it takes money to do that, right? Uh, And to push yourself to the next level usually puts you over the tax, over the cap. So, again, you know, how aggressive will he be and what kind of influence uh, or impact as a consultant would Dwayne Wade be? You know, again, I don't know. And I think, again, those are things uh, that we will find out as the summer continues on how aggressive this ownership will be.
4: How much do you get the sense that they want to run it back because they were close and had some things go against themselves, but they can get better, and they're not going to return everybody, but I'm talking about the nucleus and not really make a bunch of what I would consider, even if it's just one, radical change?
2: You know, PK, I think your first question about Mike tells us maybe the answer to that is that they're pursuing him, so maybe not – more or less trying to do well an overhaul. That's kind of strange to say when you win 52 uh, games and you're the you know the, the top team in the NBA by by records. So you know pursuing Mike may tell us that they do want to give it another run uh, and maybe again look they're going to make some tweaks. I mean that's just the way this game is played. You have to on a yearly basis. It's rare that you would just stay you know stay pat with what you have, but. Pursuing Mike Conley kind of indicates that they still have um, confidence and hope that this team, the core of it, can still be a high-level competitor in the West and beyond if you stay healthy. I mean, I, I've talked to so many fans over the last two weeks of we could have won it. We could be right now playing. Well, you know, look, uh, you, can't, you can play the what-if game, you know, all summer long, if you like, but we'll never know. And I would personally, I would love to have seen a healthy backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley right throughout the entire uh, playoffs, but it didn't happen that way. And Donovan, by the way, I you could tell he wasn't 100% uh, trying to play in the second round against the Clippers, but they, but you did see what the Jazz were weekend That was, you know, a small ball. You know, Rudy being trapped at the rim and then trying to jump out and Terrence Mann goes what thirty nine on his fifteen minutes of fame, and I think he's averaging seven points during uh, during his his run with the Clippers in the playoffs. So there are just nights that you you've been weakened, and I think against the Clippers that matchup maybe showed the Jazz some direction. They also need to think of um, maybe more athletic, um, and also the six seven type defender. That can go out and really uh, jump on a guy and uh, make life difficult. You know, again, I applaud Royce, but he's six four and he does a great job. But at times he needs help, and the way they, that these switching defenses and 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 the different looks you need to give, you know, offenses come into play here in that in this discussion. But you know, rounding the turn and coming back to your question, PK, I, I think again there's tweaks needed, and that's what they'll do. But pursuing Mike. I think is is kind of the first um, indicator that the Jazz like what they have most most of the pieces, and if they get Mike back, you know, here we go. We know the Conley-Donovan-Mitchell backcourt, uh, and if Joe stays, you know what you get off the bench. Maybe, you know, they still feed him in, in, in as a starter on occasion. He usually plays with those two guys as well. Um So we may still see a lot of of what we saw this year and what produced 52 wins uh, during the regular season.
0: And I want all those things, and I want to tweak all those things, and I find all those things interesting, but I just think the best thing the Jazz have going for him is how – I don't know what the right word is. Mad, angry, frustrated, some combination of all those things Donovan Mitchell was after the loss. Because watching him go for 39 points in a game where I thought – He can't drive. He can't jump and land on that. He can't finish. He has to be a jump shooter. He's got to be. And they should have known that. And he still had 39, 9, and 9. And PK's talked about his clutchiness. And it seems stupid to sit here and say, this guy's just going to routinely go for 40 or 50. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to sit here and say he's not going to go for 40 and 50. And and the matter and the anger and the more frustrated he is, man, bottle that up for next year. That, that could be the best thing the Jazz have going for him.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Let's talk about that for a minute. Because, again, there's always been those little, you know, whispers of is he not happy? I mean, he's going to start a a max contract um, next year. I mean, just in three months, we're playing again, by the way. I mean, it's just bizarre, you know, that October will be here before you know it. Um, But, you know, one of the things the Jazz have to do, and teams have to always take this into consideration with their superstars, is making them happy and showing progress. And so that's another concern of what is Donovan uh, think of what direction the Jazz are going to. Um, a lot of times we used to say, hey, you know, players don't dictate, you know, movement. They shouldn't, but they do. I mean, PK, I think you'll agree, right, DJ, too? I mean, you know, Donovan's going to have a voice in, in a lot of the, the decisions that the Jazz will make going forward. They have to, to keep him here. Uh, you know, he's one of the most impactful player since the Carl and John days, in my opinion. I mean, you know, D. Will and Boozer had moments, but this guy right here is is uh, is the franchise, uh, and you've got to make sure that he is, uh, I guess, involved in, in the moves you make going forward. And I'm, I'm sure he will. I'd be surprised if he, he doesn't have a big voice of what, what direction the Jazz goes. So that's another part of the equation, too. Uh, is 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 Mike Conley at the point? Donovan Mitchell being happy and probably trying to, again, trying to find some defensive players that can run up and down the floor on this three. The Jazz got burned multiple times in transition. Uh, if you shoot the three, you've got to get back. If you don't make, if you make him you look great. I mean, you're you're going to win every game you play. Uh, the nights that you don't hit the three, uh, they take a wicked bounce and teams are off and running and you have a four, a four point swing. And as we found out multiple times in, in the league this year, not only for the Jazz, but no no lead is safe. No lead is safe. 25 points, 27. I mean, third 29. I mean, you know, putting a number you want there, and there's always a chance that teams play themselves back in. And the Jazz got slapped in the face a couple of times this year, um, especially that one game against the Clippers where, what was it, 25? And um, they couldn't hang on, despite the fact, DJ, as you just said, Donovan dropping 39.
0: There's Craig Boulderjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. When we come back, what is trending, all the headlines, and of course, Game 2 of the NBA Finals. That's next. Stay with us. Paul has it, throws it over on the side. Booker at three-point range, but he's gonna wait for his teammates. Now he's gonna shoot the three. Suzanne! He Booker, 20 points, four three-pointers. Paul gets behind the DA screen, takes it over on the right side, out to Booker, straight away three. Suzanne! Go! Booker is unbelievable. Seven three pointers, and the rebound tipped out. Suns have it. Get it to Booker for three. No good. Rebound DeAndre Ayton over in the corner. Here is Chris Paul for three. You got it, Suzanne. Phoenix Suns two games to none on the Bucks after a 118 108 victory. Devin Booker leading the way with 31. Bridges gave him 27, and the Suns PK. 14 down, two to go. So close they can taste it now. Oh, you don't know how good that feels for this lifelong Suns fan. (laughs) You just get chills thinking about it? Yeah,
4: man. It's like people around here, they want the Jazz to win it all. Well, this is what I was brought up on.
0: I'm a native Sundander. Native what? Sundander. Antetokounmpo well, went off, had a decent game, game one, had a huge game, game two, but Drew Holiday, seven of 21. Chris Middleton, five of 16. Nobody really went with him. Hey, Connaughton
4: had a nice game off the bench. Well, I saw stat, and I thought of you because you're a stat boy. Middleton in the playoffs this year, first two games averaging 17, game three on 27. So he's just got to find himself in a series, huh? He figures I have it out. No idea what the uh, thing is, but my point is, I don't think this is anywhere near being over. I mean, mm-hmm. Phoenix is not an invincible team. You look at somebody like a Mikael Bridges who looked really good. Obviously, had a lot of confidence uh, in the way he played. Twenty-seven. How many times you can do that uh, in in the in this postseason, particularly out on the road? Yeah, you can play that game. Well, Aiton wasn't much of a factor. I thought Aiton was so soft early. Man, jeez show some aggressiveness for goodness sake and they had that Monty. dominate you don't have to dominate through stats dominate on your presence i'm basically paraphrasing what he was saying there so certainly he could play better uh tory craig went down sons there's another guy that's two guys out of their rotation now that are gone with him and sarge uh, i assume craig is going to be able to play maybe he can hopefully for his sake and his team's sake he can so the point that I'm making is, again, this series is far from over, I don't think, anyway.
0: I think Milwaukee's certainly capable of winning four out of five. So if Craig can't go, then it's the Kaminsky show, or they keep the, the, just playing huge minutes? They put in this guy Nader, Abdul Nader, who had been hurt for a good
4: portion of the year. He's usually the one who steps in, maybe Eton Moore a little bit, if you're looking for guys off the bench who haven't played.
0: Chris Paul played 41 minutes, Aiden played 42, and Booker played 44. So they don't need a lot from their bench. They just need a little bit of something for a few minutes. Yeah, and they got three days off now. So yep. uh, it's an opportunity
4: to rest, and why wouldn't you play big minutes for sure. And Crowder hits his shots. When he hits his shots, the team is a lot, lot better. I mean, it's just—it's almost like it's a bonus. You get bonus points if that ball finds its way in. My wife got there uh, a tad late. And uh, he hit his first shot, and then he rises up
0: for a second. No! No, he's going to (laughs) make them tonight. (laughs) Uh, Your wife coaching the team from a state away. I like it. He's usually uh, either he's on or he's off. And that
4: was the voice of 88-year-old Al McCoy. He's 88 now? Yeah, he's 88. Wow. Yeah, he's 88. Shazam! Man, I got 30 years to go on this gig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sweet! I, just, I don't even have through. Why did Marv Albert get out then? <laughs> That's
4: right. Marv's a pop. Well, Marv was having to travel a lot. Al doesn't travel. I I think he traveled he, in the postseason. Doesn't he just
1: do home games?
4: I think he does. He did, In the postseason, he did. But I wonder if he'll call it a career, if they win it all. He has,
0: at that point, seen it all. Oh, I've seen it all. Game three, Sunday in Milwaukee, 6 o'clock on ABC. Damian Lillard telling reporters he has no intention of being traded from the franchise. He said, anything I have to say, I'm going to say directly to Neil. And that's the Blazers GM, Neil Olshi there. I'm going to address it directly with my team. There's really nothing else I have to say about it. He's getting quizzed about it at the USA... Training camp in Las Vegas, gearing up for the Olympics.
4: I'm about a job at the Jersey Shore. It was a big slide. You take the burlap bags, you go up the top, and you slide down, right? That was a thing back in the day. Yeah, and it was re- literally right on the Still beach. Still a thing. On the, on the shore. Uh, in Ocean City, New Jersey, outside of Philadelphia, about an hour. And just south of uh, Atlantic City, where my parents spent their honeymoon. And uh, this guy at the top was wanting to get the attention of uh, somebody at the bottom. He's here, kneel, kneel. He looks down at his 12-year-old girl, and she's kneeling on the bag. You're supposed to sit with your butt down, because that's how you don't go down kneeling.
0: But he's yelling (laughs) kneel, so I kneeled.
4: (laughs) Stuck with me all these years. Anytime I hear somebody say kneel, I think of that story. Yeah, she must have been petrified, because it's a good drop. In order to get the, because they have people to help you on, and then people help you off, right? Big drop to get you started. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, you had to yell to get the the guy's attention down at the bottom. She must have been petrified when when that guy was screaming, (laughs) "Kneel!" I don't want to kneel. I want to sit like everybody else. Fortunately, we caught her in time because that could have been a disaster if she would have. Melt as opposed to sit with your butt down. <laughs> on there. That's the way you ride that thing. So,
0: yach, it's still a thing. Where's the closest one? Oh, well, I'm at the state fair yeah, every all year. State fair, state fair. Any of the local, yeah. you know, all those celebrations during the summer. Carnivals. Them have them, yeah. Okay, uh, type of thing. There's a permanent site near where I grew up. I've been on elementary school three tore, so far this year. They myself. tore that down. Really? Well, okay, my, my kids, you go. My
4: kids. How can it be slides. a permanent site if they tore it down? I didn't I make any sense.
0: It was there for years and years, <laughs> as opposed to open for one. It was torn down. As opposed to being open for a week at a. fair. There, it used or two to weeks. be. Yes, it used to <laughs> be. Orlando Magic need a new coach. They're looking at Mavericks' assistant, Jamal Mosley, reported very, very close. Got the seal of approval from Luka Doncic after seven years as an assistant with the Mavs. I have no idea who Jamal
4: Mosley is. Nope. I'm sure he's a fine young man. 42 years of age, I think, so he's young. I don't remember him playing... In the NBA, I don't know if he did I looked him up yesterday when I heard the name Played at Colorado back when they were in the Big 12 If it would have been Pac-12 I would have I would have certainly known about him But, you know, I good It's, it's good to see fresh meat You never know what's going to happen Like I was thinking about this uh, today uh, Driving in this morning uh, The Giants manager who got fired by the Phillies You know, they go, well man, he got the job so quick I, I, He just got fired by the Phillies well, Why would they do that? Well, look at them now.
0: <laughs> They're rolling. So you never know when the new hire getting their yeah. first shot is going to take off. No matter who it is, players got to play well.
4: That's one thing that is certainly for certain.
0: Net star James Harden, who was in Paris for Fashion Week, was stopped by police on Thursday but not arrested, never taken into custody. Reports say Harden tried to intervene, was stopped, and then let go as American rapper little Baby was... Detained for allegedly transporting drugs, according to the city prosecutor's office. You ever want to go to Paris for Fashion Week? I went to Paris looking for answers. And
4: questions that bothered me so. It's a Jimmy Buffett tune. Little baby. I guess if you're named Dominique Jones, why wouldn't you
1: want to be a Little Baby?
0: DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag NFL. You know, he's one of my best friends, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm going to full court press the guy when he's a free agent. Like,
2: there's no doubt I'm offering whatever I got to offer. I'll buy him a car, buy whatever I got to do. I'm going to offer that man. And because I know he'd fit in great with the receivers that we have here. Uh, I'm allowed to say those things. Our organization
1: isn't, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's one of the best. He's the best receiver in the NFL. So, all over, and, and I, honestly, I'm focused on, trying to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl and hopefully he's in it so I can beat his butt too, you know, and uh, you know that's the plan and then recruit
2: him over to the dark side a little bit.
0: That is Raiders quarterback Derek Carr saying he will help pursue Devontae Adams when Adams is a free agent. It's a little bit of man bites dog to that story if Adams is a free agent and one of the top five receivers in the NFL last year in receiving yardage. Well, Who wouldn't be interested? But Carr says absolutely. He's all in on recruiting Devontae Adams. Well, I
4: think that maybe there was a little separation there is, uh, according to Derek Carr, the relationship that he has with Adams. It's probably a little bit different and tighter than
0: whatever team. Apparently, according to him. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes said his surgically repaired toe is feeling great. That's the quote, is feeling great. She so prepares to play in the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship in Lake Tahoe this weekend. So, played that course, yeah, on the shores of Lake Tahoe. Yes, yeah, so it was uh, in my
4: early 30s, and we took a vacation. I had a little Nissan truck, and we took a vacation, and we just went up uh, Highway uh, One there, 101 uh, Pacific Coast Highway, and made our way over to Tahoe. So didn't have a lot of money. We were literally camping. And we had stayed in no hotels except my uh, high school and college roommate lived in uh, Sacramento. So we stayed there. Uh, but uh, so I went and went and played it. It was like 115 bucks, which is an enormous amount of money to play golf no matter what age you are, I think. Especially back then when I didn't have much money. And uh, so we put it there because we wanted to play. I've seen it on TV, blah, blah, blah. Beautiful course. And guy says, well, you got about a half hour or so before your tea time. You want to hit some balls? Sure. It's a 10 bucks for a large bucket. I said, I ain't got no more money, man. <laughs> I just assumed the range balls were for free. Because normally when you pay that kind of dough, the range balls are for free. D- this isn't a muni <laughs> where it's an extra buck for a bucket. going to say. No, because uh, a, a couple two. years earlier was my 30th birthday when we went to Palm Springs and played La Quinta. And the range ball, that's the first time I paid over 100 bucks. I don't like doing that very often. And the range balls were for free. In many places, they are.
0: So I was shocked. I said, ah, I'll pass, man. I, I, I I'll eat. go putting. I, I, I want to eat today. <laughs> Broncos quarterback Drew Locke was driving through Kansas this week. Had to avoid a bouncing tire, according to the Kansas Highway Patrol. But a lug nut from the tire embedded itself in his windshield Shattered the glass. Yeah, that, that stuff's very dangerous.
4: Some people just died uh, just uh, uh, north of here. Something fell. I don't remember what it was, but it was just like this last while, a little while back, right? I saw something somewhere
0: about that, and that, that loose stuff. Loose I, stuff on the roadway. Yeah. O, Alema had that with a brake drum. In the picture, that lug nut uh-huh. is just embedded in that glass. It was nuts.
4: I was down driving to San Hollow on that little road off of uh highway 9 in Hurricane. Okay. And the I uh, had uh, a rent- a, rent- a car cuz I was actually going down there for a Pac-12 media and stop play golf and motorcycle passed me and piece of the rye bar just shoots up right at the car. Just makes a huge huge dent in the right below the bumper and smacked off the glass, but fortunately There was nothing that uh, happened to the windshield. I mean, that that scared the crap out of me, man. I had to call Scotty to tell him because it was a -a rent-a-car that I got through work and to take down there. And, man, it was dangerous. And then one other time, I was entering the uh, gorge from the Mesquite side, or I guess it would be the Arizona side. And there was a truck in front of me and a chair, like a chair that you would just sit at a dinner table, falls. And it bounces and then bounces right over
0: my car. Brutal. I know. Wow. Fortunately Brudel. on that one, man, you, you, those things are nasty. Secure your know. load, people. No question. Secure your load. I was driving down to BYU for a game back when they were playing Thursday games years ago before the NFL took over Thursday nights, and there was a huge traffic jam, worse than the usual just commute traffic. It was someone had lost an entire like a, a bedroom chest, drawers. And it was sitting in the middle of the road between the second and third lanes. Everybody's breaking and slowly going around it. And it fell out of a truck. I had one of those happen just a few months ago.
4: All right, just because I told the story didn't mean that
0: both of you guys had to. I'm just saying. Yeah, We'll just listen. You just keep talking. We'll just sit here and listen. DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag Major League Baseball. Scott's first pitch to Adele. Blinded
0: Scherzer comes out. The one-two pitch is hit in the
1: air to deep right field. Oh no, you better believe it. It's gonna go! A grand slam
3: for Daniel Camarena in his second major league at bat. Off of Max Scherzer, and it's eight to six.
1: The pitch swung on, hit high, hit deep to left center. This ball!
0: Highlights from around Major League Baseball and the Miners. Here's Steve Klauke with the Bees coming from six runs down to beat the Sacramento Rivercats 10-9. Game two in the series is tonight at Smith's Ballpark, 6.35 p.m. Get your tickets at slbs.com or listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. Also in there, you heard Daniel Camarena hit the grand slam off Max Scherzer. Camarena had come on as relief pitcher And he gets his first major league hit, and it's a slam. And the Padres had been down 8-0. That was part of the big seven-run fourth. They come back and win the game 9-8. Yeah, what a game that was. You have Scherzer and Darvish, two star pitchers. Both of them get lit up. Naturally, it's 8-8 after four innings if you've got Darvish and Scherzer. That makes perfect sense. I know. It's crazy. And then the bullpen shut everything down. The Padres got the the run to break that 8-8 tie in the ninth inning. Bullpens were good. See the video of his brother filming, jumping up and down? Mm-hmm. That family there, he grew up in in Bonita. Yeah. Not far from there, so a hometown kid. It's not only his first, it very well could be his last because uh, middle relievers don't usually bat very often. <laughs> no, they don't. He's not going to have a lot of major league at bats. Mariners uh, rookie Logan Gilbert, one hit over seven innings. The Mariners shut out the Yankees 4-0, avoid the sweep at home. Then the Yankees coming out of the dugout. They were upset, PK. Got a hit batter in there. Barely hit. It looked like the pitch just kind of brushed. Grazed, sh- if you will. Grazed the shirt. But then there was some talking, going to first base, and it was coming out just flexing, looking tough. Was- yeah, do it for show. I'd yep. stand behind Stanton and Judge if I was a Yankee. <laughs> That'd be a good place to be.
4: You two are enormous. I'll be over here. That game was on MLB
0: Network yesterday afternoon. I was watching some of it. Colorado beat Arizona to avoid the sweep, 9-3. to Oakland, two in the first to beat the Astros. Houston going to hold off Oakland in the L West. We're coming up on the All-Star oh, break here. A dogfight. When you got the lead at the All-Star break, you're usually in good shape. Well, depends.
4: Uh, let me see what's going to happen in trade deadline. There to be a lot of action and movement.
0: Far as that goes, Oakland gets the win. They move within four and a half games of the first place Astros. The Cubs' woes continue. Phillies beat them eight to nothing. They're like minus 50 in run differential over the last 13 games. Just getting buried. Got one win in there. Houston Astros shortstop Carlos Correa's second baseman Jose Altuve announced yesterday it will not be attending the Major League All Star Game in Denver next week. Both named to the American League squad as reserves. Seems to be catching on here, PK. Well, Altuve said he had an injury,
4: and Correa, as uh, his wife is uh, pregnant.
0: Marlins are going to pick up Don Mattingly's uh, option, bring him back to manage the team in 2022. And Major League Baseball has extended the administrative leave of Dodger pitcher Trevor Bauer for another seven days as the investigation into sexual assault allegations against him continues. Uh, I know some people who work for the Dodgers, and I'm hearing that he may never pitch for the Dodgers again. Never, ever. So they'll let Major League Baseball handle this until they don't, and then the Dodgers will make their move? Just shut him down for the year and move them in the offseason?
4: Yeah, because I think right now it's it's out of the Dodgers' hands. I don't know that. They didn't know that to be true is what they're saying. They're thinking that. Saying yeah. it's a indefinite.
0: What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Time to welcome back in Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning.
5: Good morning, guys. How you doing
0: today? Uh, you know, it's just hot and we're trying to stay in air conditioning. <laughs> it's like everybody else. Andrew, you're here with Wasatch Medical Clinic. Breakthrough treatment that does not involve a pill, injections, or surgery. What can you tell us about it?
5: Well, we are helping so many guys struggling in the bedroom. I know this is a sensitive topic, and I talk a lot about... The blood flow and how our wave therapy repairs blood vessels it gets guys off of the pill but when I step back and look at what's really happening I really think overall happiness and sense of well-being is improving ED erectile dysfunction has such a ripple effect on the man uh, his relationship his significant other it's fun to see guys go through our treatments And they leave the clinic almost like a new person, you know, head held a little higher. Uh, They can perform better in the bedroom. That's what our treatments do. If you're frustrated, if you're experiencing any degree of erectile dysfunction, our uh, wave therapy is backed by 40 studies. We can improve your blood flow and we can get the intimacy back on track.
0: So what are the top causes of ED? ED?
5: We do see a lot of the same things over and over. I would say diabetes, prostate issues, there's some injuries that we see over and over again. Uh, But it's happening to guys younger and younger, or maybe they're admitting it more and more now. And you're more normal than you think. I bet if you're out there thinking, I'm too healthy, I'm too young, uh, all your friends, they're probably struggling as well, so don't feel like there's something wrong with you.
0: Guys, put a stop to your ED, call Wasatch Medical right now to claim a free offer. Tell them about the offer.
5: Yeah, there is a lot for free today. And by the way, leave your wallet at home. There is no charge. Call us now. You'll qualify for the assessment and exam free. The blood flow ultrasound, that's with our doctor. Uh, He gives you the little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. Worth the trip, guys. And if you're feeling like ambition in the bedroom is down a little bit, We do the blood work and testosterone totally free to our patients. I know guys spending thousands of dollars on that, by the way. It is all free. Call us now.
0: 801-901-8000. The number for Wasatch Medical is 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Thank you, guys. The The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
6: College football is close. I'll be excited when camps open up. We're not that far away. We're really not. If I had to pin you down to one thing that you're looking forward to this football season. I'm going to start with the obvious, a full slate of games. It'll be great to have a normal football year. Can't help it. Think about where we were at this point last year. And the debate on whether or not football was actually going to happen. In what way, shape, or form. It was just such chaos. I'm looking forward to not talking about that. And talking about, hey Gordon, how do you think the running back is going to play? Yeah. You know? The first normal... Normal football season in two years. I'm very much looking forward to it. Couldn't agree more.
1: Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. DJPK,
0: it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJPK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Question of the morning. How many of us, look around, look at the people on the freeway to your left and to your right, how many of us think it's the Jazz who should be up 2-0 in the finals? So our Jazz. 2-0, two big wins, feeling good, headed to Milwaukee. If they played Milwaukee in the finals, they would be up 2-0. Paul says, as a lifelong Jazz fan, no. No. It's Jazz team hit a retaining wall. Respect to Phoenix. Still rooting for the Bucks. Why? Got a half dozen thumbs up and hard emojis for that. Why in the crap would you be rooting for the Bucks? Does not explain. Rick is diametrically opposed to Paul, without a doubt. A healthy Mitchell and Conley, and it would be 2 0 Jazz. That's what you expected when you put that up there. Belief. Faith. I have very little faith. Who knows? Jim says, I really feel like we missed the golden chance this year. Oh, no question. A lot of injuries, no super team, looked wide open. After years of looking up at the Warriors, completely stacked. Remember when they hugged when they got the best record
4: along the uh, benches area there? They clinched the best record, and it was going to mean something. And then Phoenix sliding in there at number two. Gets injured Lakers, gets injured Nuggets, gets injured Clippers. Good times. And they take care of Biz. Now, the Bucks are all healthy, right? They're not missing anybody. Wow, who's that? Senzo. Uh, they're missing, I guess. So that is one guy, but, I mean. One role guy. He's down the bench there. And Right now, the Suns have a couple of guys out themselves. So the nucleus of the Bucks is intact, and Kumbo. Got to stop shooting threes, man. Just don't do it, buddy. Don't do it. You're unstoppable with the spin move. You're right on top of the basket with one little move, and away you go. And you had some nice baseline turnaround shots that looked good. Uh, you're erratic at the free-throw line. If I'm the Suns, fire them up as many threes as you want. We'll get out of the way. We'll stand still.
0: We'll risk it.
4: Yeah. It's just not happening for him. I don't know why he does that uh, when he's so electric with these other moves that he has. But anyway, he's playing at a high, high level. So he's not injured. So if they win against the Bucks in this series, you can't say, well, it's because of injuries, at least to this point anyway. Uh, but... You sh- you never know how things are gonna play out. That's the beauty of sports. I suppose Is they were so excited to get the number one seed and it was such a big big deal And it didn't matter and the Suns Don't think they they haven't needed it yet. I mean they won twice in Clipper building At least once if not twice in the Laker building same building and then they won twice in Denver it was a sweep, right? It was 4-0, if I remember correctly. Yep. So we'll see what they can do when they go back to Milwaukee. But yeah, if you're a Jazz fan, the, it seemed like everything fell into place for you, and you didn't get it done.
0: But was that because we were ignoring the Suns? Because the Jazz yeah, were 0-3 but, um, against the Suns. Big deal. Then at least get to the conference final. Right, but the question was, would the Jazz be two up, 2-0 up, in the finals? Brandon says, with Donovan injured and Conley recovering, I think you mean 0-2. Even if we didn't flake out against the Clippers, without those guys, it would have been a clean sweep by Phoenix. Well, I think they would have played, though. Mitchell didn't miss a game,
4: and Conley had just come back.
0: So why would we be without those guys? James says the Jazz couldn't beat the team that got destroyed by the Suns. Even if they bothered to make any effort to perimeter defense against the Clippers, they were not beating the Suns. Why not? Why not? Why, why are they not beating the Suns? Sue says because Phoenix is better, and the Suns deserve to be dipped two zero against any well, other there's team. There's no question they do.
4: I mean, they are. Of course they are, so of course you deserve it because that's exactly what you are. I agree on that. I, I just don't know that the Suns are... A uh, slam dunk, no question better than the Jazz. I, I I, can't go there. We'll never know. I can't go there, though.
0: All right, buckle up, as Bowler would say. Here he comes. Rick the dishwasher weighing in. Rick, you're calling from Niagara Falls. What's going on? Actually, I'm
3: just coming out of the car wash. <laughs>
4: Well, it's good to get the car washed for the weekend.
3: Yeah. Three seconds.
4: Three, two, and the, one. And the blower. <laughs> oh, yeah. The blower at the end. <laughs> and you got to wait until you get to zero because you're paying for the blower. So you might as well wait and get every last second that you paid for.
3: It just stalled. Unbelievable.
4: Oh, there's just no way, man. It's like the jazz. We had it all set up. We never thought it was right there. We're going to cruise right through to daylight, and then it stalls. Right at the end.
3: All right. So, I mean, the future is kind of doomsday because of the money, but the jazz were a lot closer than you think. I mean, yeah, Donovan, how come you guys, the media, could never ask or pinpoint down was Donovan's ankle a high ankle sprain? Uh, Why do wh- we never know that?
4: Why do we need to know that? He went for thirty-nine, nine, and nine he, in the last game.
3: Well, because a high ankle sprain, you know, you're ineffective.
4: He went for thirty-nine, uh, nine, and nine, so it must have not have been a high ankle sprain because he wasn't ineffective.
0: Oh, that's kind of true. Um, <laughs> Yes, for me! <laughs> he ignores kind of and celebrates the win.
3: Well, here's the deal. I mean, if you outscore teams from three-point lands between 12 and 25 points a game, you're dominant. Yet the Jazz were not dominant. It shows you, other than Rudy, if you put Rudy in the lineup, we're the best offensive team in the league because we shoot the quickest If we only shot the average amount in the NBA, other teams would get less possessions. We'd be dominant, number one defensive team. Without Rudy, I think this team is the bottom three defensive teams in the league. On ball defending, unfortunately, I love Ingles, uh, Bogey, and Niang are the three slowest people in the NBA. So, bad teams like Houston gave us a good game. Oklahoma City beat us. Minnesota, because they had these athletic young wings. They, they can take you off the dribble. Same thing with, uh, with the Clippers. So the Jazz, what they need to do, because I know there's not many answers because of the finances, is basically Bogey does not play any defense. He's a turnover machine. You can't have a turnover team that gets no turnovers. We're so slow, we don't create any turnovers. And unfortunately, our athletic player in Donovan, is a terrible defender. He doesn't. He just. He doesn't play good defense. And Mike Conley was a good defender, and he can steal the ball. But he's like Stockton, the all-time leader in steals. In the end of his career, he was still getting two steals a game, but he wasn't a good defender. So this team is bad defensively. What we need to do is package Bogey, give somebody our last year's first pick because it's redundant. It's three deep. That center, and. Try to move up and give your first round pick to move up and get an athletic like man, like easily. If we can get a three and D, this team because this team was close anyway. I think if we were healthy, uh, Phoenix isn't that great. Milwaukee stinks. Milwaukee will get beat four0. They are the worst at defending the three. And that's the most important thing in the NBA is defending the three. They are last in the league at defending the three. They give up like 39%. They they won't even scare Phoenix. We weren't far off, but the future isn't good being over the salary cap and – we got to get a three and can't D.
0: complain about being any, can't complain about being over the salary cap for years a complaint was the jazz don't spend money now that they're spending money you can't complain about being over the cap. yeah but
3: 40 million 40 million over
0: I yeah mean, once, once you're over you're over and, with, and, with and, and look at the money look at the money you're going to be paying your top two guys that's what you got to pay them if you're going to yep. keep them
3: but our team has to outscore teams. We're not going to go back and defend it, it's, it scares me to see Jai Crowder an important ingredient. Uh, but he does play defense. He'll shoot you out of the game sometimes, and he'll get hot. But because he defends his position, unfortunately, Niang actually is the best of the three at defense, and he's the slowest guy in the NBA. He's better than Joe. Joe's gotten slow, but Joe's important. Joe's got a stated it. you know he, he's just too valuable in other aspects. But Bogey, he's a guy who gets 25 points on a team that never wins because he can't defend, and he's a turnover machine. So mm-hmm. he is a guy, a bigger contract you can dump, get rid of last year's first, give him this year's first, and maybe move up and get go for that athletic wing defender who's it's going to become contagious to play defense.
0: Yeah, I don't think this they're is, moving yeah, bogey. I don't think they're moving bogey to move up in the draft. You're moving bogey. You need veteran back. You need something proven, not well, something that's – so that's a reach. I mean, well, move up in the draft, sure. If you well, see no, your guy –
3: You'll get an expiring contract. A guy like Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, you, because you're right. The money's got to match. But All
0: right. Thanks for
3: importantly. Thanks for three and 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 thanks for the call, like, Rick. Getting a little slow. All
0: right, Rick wants more uh, more athleticism around the perimeter. I think everybody's with him on that. But not yeah. trading bogey to move up in the well.
4: Depth. I want more pitching in baseball, right? And uh, I want more speed in football. So, sure. I mean, they, there's no question that Clippers exposed them. Clippers had a great game plan, and the Jazz didn't adjust. Or couldn't adjust. Were unable to ju- adjust, maybe. They went with something I like that better. Unable to adjust. Specifically in Game 6, just did not work. How do you make the Jazz matchup-proof?
0: From an from the other team standpoint you're talking about, or from the Jazz standpoint? From the depth, I think that's what the Jazz have to do in, in this offseason. You know, obviously, you don't get to where they were in the second round of the playoffs with the best record without having matchups that really work for you. And up 2-0, no less. And up yeah, And up 2-0. And a big part of this is, you know, Mitchell staying healthy. That's obviously a big part of the mix. But when they go small ball, can you punish them? You know, is Rudy a better finisher in traffic against a smaller lineup? And at the defensive end of the floor... To Rick's point, although he meanders through the car wash and all that, but to Rick's point, can you stay in front of people so that Rudy doesn't always have to leave his guy to go help? Because teams are going to continue to put five shooters out there on the floor. If he's got to go help on your guy, now it's a scramble on well, the floor. Well, maybe he
4: shouldn't have worried about helping, and maybe he should have worried about defending
0: the corner three. Let him have the two. I mean, he's the only guy who can help? Well, he's the best guy who can help. But no, he's not the
4: only I would have tried something different. What the hell? At that point, you are going down the drain. You are going to lose. So, sick with the same thing was just every single jazz fan. That was the most frustrating experience ever as a jazz fan. I defy any jazz fan to tell me they were more frustrated at any given point well, in the history just, of their <clears throat> fandom.
0: It would be there is the most frustrating point until then is going to be Dick Bavetta in the finals. We can save everyone a slew of tweets oh, and phone calls. Oh, that's nonsense. People were very frustrated. They have remained frustrated and that's for a couple non- of decades.
4: That's nonsense. The refs didn't cost you anything. Jordan would have just made a couple more threes if they would have taken away that one or given you the one you got. So BFD, as they say, big flipping deal. <laughs> so and that that that's not any frustration. That's frustration. I'm talking about as your, your own team. So, no. There is no phone calls to be had. That was the most frustrating experience as a fan. Because you were watching it. You could see it coming. It was there repeatedly. And it wasn't like it was at least Reggie Jackson or uh, Beverly or somebody of least minimal renown in the league. Supposed to an unknown. Yes, it was complete and total Terrence Mann who had no business doing that, and he did that. If that's not the most frustrating moment, I don't know what is,
0: and I believe it is. All right, here's up on Facebook. How many Jazz fans think it should be the Jazz who are up 2 0 in the finals right now? That is the question of the morning. I do. Alex says, "If we could have just stayed healthy, it's probable."
4: I see. I don't. I don't think that was the case. You don't think it was health? I. I don't think Terrence Mann had anything to do with the other team's health. He went for thirty-nine points. Come on, <laughs> and you're talking about your health. I would have bet my entire life and everyone's life. Donovan Mitchell, who supposedly was playing on—I don't know—what are we down to now? One toenail, a stump. (laughs) He goes for thirty-nine and nine and nine, and you're telling me that his scoring differential over Terrence Mann was zero?
0: I would have never have thought that. Never ever would have put money on that in Vegas. Yeah, one of those prop bets. Right. Didn't. Who's going to score
4: more? Donovan Mitchell or Terrence Mann, and I know that Mitchell is scoring 39. <laughs> Donovan. <laughs> and But they were injured. Okay. Meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard was not only injured, he wasn't even on the floor. Maybe he was that game. He's sitting up in the box. And you let this guy, you let this guy score that many points because you're worried about somebody getting beat? That didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are inching closer to football season. And you can tell because of what's popping up on Twitter right now. And it's something BYU fans definitely want to see. Actually, I think you fans want to see it too. But I think you fans already know it's true. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.
1: The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, You're outstanding. but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft, to free agency, and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way, as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.
0: The top sixty and sixty is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top sixty players in the state of Utah. Let's count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top sixty and sixty presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Got college football writers tweeting out odds for the first weekend of the season. South Point in Las Vegas providing the numbers. And BYU, going into that opening week, a heavy favorite over Arizona. Is that a surprise? Uh, I didn't think it was going to be double digits. I guess no? I, thought, I thought if there was a number, it would be seven. Really? Yeah. A team that's lost like 12 in a row? I was going to say, against a team that bad. Against a team that is breaking in a new quarterback? So was the other team. Aha. <laughs> so play it safe and keep it closer. But they got BYU by well, you want to take a shot? Points spreads oh, you're go good at least fifteen. At eleven. BYU by eleven over Arizona. Of course we expect Arizona to be bad, so.
4: Well, if you go to westcoastcfb.com, ESPN has BYU favored to win 10 of their 12 games this season. All right. They're favored right now, according to West CoastCFB.com, which is ESPN's predictor that they're citing. They are favored to beat Utah, ASU, Boise State, uh, Washington State, Arizona, and Virginia. So, so
0: not USC.
4: And two Baylor. games. And we'll hit who? Baylor.
0: Baylor. Okay,
4: so according they they do the percentage of chance to win rather Mm -hmm. than point spread and all that stuff. So their first game they have them at just uh, a a tick under eighty four percent to beat Arizona. Yeah, they don't beat Arizona. My goodness,
0: red flags everywhere. Yeah,
4: absolutely, blue flags, and then they've got two. The next two games are in the fifty, so it's viewed as a toss up. They have them favored to beat the Utes at 52 and a half. So it's basically a t- toss up because all those polls where they say they have a 5 or 8% to margin of error or something like that when they do all those political polls. Something along those lines, right? Yep. Uh and then the Sun Devils they're 54 and a half. So it's basically this Those same. are toss up ish. Yeah. As of right now. Uh you
0: know things could change
4: obviously. Well, they got
0: uh, them for Boise state?
4: Boise, man, they got 78 Point seven percent. Yowza! And the ones that they have that they're favored, there, except for the two that I just mentioned, the the next two games, which would be their first two home games, obviously, the Utes and the Devils. Uh, then everything else is decided. The next closest is Virginia at sixty-two point seven.
0: Hmm. Uh, so favored in ten of the twelve, and favored pretty heavily in eight. Yeah, like South Florida, 88%.
4: Utah State, 87%. I already read you, Boise, uh, Washington, 64%. Idaho State, of course, is darn near close to 100 And then uh, Georgia Southern, uh, 68 So, yeah, and then they have a, only a 31% chance of beating the Trojans uh, the September or, um, November 27th.
0: USC opening the season against San Jose State. They're a 16-point favorite. The Pac-12, big favorites over a lot of Mountain West teams. UCLA's yeah, favorite. San Jose's coming off. The conference title. Yeah, yeah.
4: some decent, uh, decent
0: talent there. UCLA's a 17-point favorite over Hawaii, and that game's in Los Angeles. So, another uh, wide margin there. The Aggies, Utah State is a 16-and-a-half-point underdog at Washington State. The close one is Cal's only four over Nevada, and Nevada is supposed to be pretty good in the Mountain West this well, year.
4: Nevada, your Wolfpack, Nevada, mm-hmm. returns— let me get the glasses on to look at this fine print. Nevada returns 93% of its production, and that includes both sides. Nice! Yeah. Loaded. So if you go by uh, just Who's bringing everybody back? —returning production— and out of 127 teams at that level, Nevada has the sixth highest percentile at 93%.
0: That Nevada-Cal game, uh, FS1, that'll be happening the, uh, the same time as BYU and Arizona. So that'll be something you can flip over to. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. That's a fun,
4: a fun uh, opportunity to watch some good football yeah. and see what's going to happen down the line there. Uh, so Nevada, we'll see if that plays out. Hawaii's eighth at 92%. It's funny, a lot of the non-Power 5 or Group of 5, they've got a lot. Toledo's number one at 97%. As far as bringing a lot of their... Wyoming's uh, 95, as is Louisiana. A lot of their production back. The top Power 5 in terms of production, uh, 95% also are the Devils. They are of all the Power 5 programs. And sitting there at last at 127... Returning only 35% is the BYU Cougars. Had
0: some guys moving on, so that's not surprising. But if you're all concerned about that, just two spots away is Ohio State. Turning, uh, okay, Ohio State does not rebuild, they
4: reload. Uh, I think they're already loaded. I don't know if they <laughs> <reload>. <laughs> They don't even have to reload. Yeah,
0: they just show up. We're here! Yeah, Move over! Start practice. They open with a uh, conference game. They're playing Minnesota in the opener, and they're favored by 13. So, Buckeyes get rolling early. Uh, The big games to watch week one, LSU. uh, That that Hawaii-UCLA game is one of those week zero games. So week one, when everyone else is kicking off, UCLA will be playing their second game, and they are a four-point underdog against LSU. So that'll be a big game. Oregon's supposed to start with a win by running Fresno State off the field I mean unless you're playing uh, big sky type competition
4: i I think they all are big games. there's no they're all they're all big they all matter they all count.
0: Stanford and k State is a pick' em game that's on the uh on the cowboys field in Texas.
4: Well, Stanford has to decide a lot of stuff in their training camp coming up uh, next month. who's going to be their quarterback? And they needed some receivers to emerge. So, yeah, they've got a lot of question marks. But it's college football. So many teams have question marks. And just because you have a lot of uh, your returning players play a return, that doesn't mean they're good. It just means they're returning. So, like for the Devils, I mean, they were 500. And one of the wins was uh, against a non-Division one opponent in Arizona.
0: All of your production is back. But if your production wasn't very good, yeah, I mean, so – you're
4: you you want good players. It doesn't matter if they're returning or not. You want good players just because they're returning. I mean, Herm Edwards is uh, fifteen and thirteen, I think, against Division One opponents. So they're returning guys who've been five hundred their entire college careers. That doesn't mean they're great. It means they're five hundred, basically. So, and three of those wins and against pathetic Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, beat the teams below you in the standings. Doesn't do you any good to lose to them. Well, they better win now because they're, man, they're going to go on 42 years of probation, I guess. 42, that's the number? Yeah, honor Pat Tillman.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. David Locke joins us next. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz will get his thoughts on the Jazz and offseason moves and the NBA playoffs. Stay with us, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. And PK, and We're joined now by David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. This weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption, wall managing, irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David, good morning. Hello, David. How are you? Good. What's the best thing going on in your world? the best thing going on in my world probably this show okay
7: that includes Patrick you know
0: and Jake and you and the whole I day. know but just particularly
7: PK how are you
0: oh man I'm
4: great
7: what's the best thing going on in
0: your world my health I like it so David the question now of the day should it be the jazz and the sun's shoes right now <laughs>
7: I'm actually going to just tip my hat to the Suns at this point. They've been great. They just keep getting better every playoff series. They made every shot imaginable last night. I thought they were. Wa- I thought the first two games of this series were the two best games I've ever seen them play. I thought they've been wildly impressive. Um, they're without weakness. They don't roll anyone out there. They, you know, they they check all the boxes. My, you know, one of my big boxes is you got to have 240 minutes of basketball. In other words, 48 times 5. Every guy that gets out there has got to be able to play and bring it and be without weakness. They don't really – like, there's not a lot of guys to go hunt defensively. They don't have tremendous weakness. Um, they they really move the basketball beautifully. Booker and Chris Paul have a great feel of when it is to, their time compared to when it's time to swing. Um, DeAndre Ayton's defense, which, you know, 24 months ago, was like the laughing stock of the league, maybe even – more recently than that, actually pretty dang good, man. When he's like the one-man wall and Giannis is coming at him, he's been good. Um, They've got shooters galore. They're good. So, I mean, I guess you could say that, and maybe we would have beat him. We were pretty good, too, but they've just been so good. I, I I don't think it's appropriate to make comments that would, whether you mean it to be or not, would definitely be degrading what they've accomplished.
4: You see a lot of similarities, though, with the Jazz?
7: Um... Some, um, they both move it really well. They both are loaded with shooters. Um, Chris Paul's a unique talent that we don't have. I mean, there's just like the last player in my mind that was like Chris Paul is, is probably John Stockton. And then Chris Paul's, if Chris Paul wins this, you know, he changes. He, he actually, I probably guess he'll go down, you know, unfortunately above John in the history of point guards. If he, if he had the title, um, is just doing, you know, a little bit more scoring than John ever did and then wins the title. That's a that's a big deal. Um but he's the only one since John I've seen who kind of controls the game in that same fashion. Kid did, but he just couldn't shoot. All right. So it didn't have the same impact. Um so Chris Paul's just such a tremendous force. That's where I think the comparisons between us stop. Mike's really good, but you know, there's Chris is different.
0: Yeah. David Locke joining us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. With uh, Dennis Lindsay no longer calling the shots day to day, Justin Zanuck is, is there a big difference in their basketball philosophy? I mean, they're working together, so I wouldn't think there's a lot, but everybody's a little different. So I'm just wondering, in these off-season personnel moves, draft trades, free agency, whatever, is there going to be a slightly different spin, a slightly different look we're not used to?
7: So I don't think there's a big difference in their basketball minds. I think from everything I've ever talked to either of them or heard from other people, they were pretty in line with things. The only difference that I think might exist and, um, you know, let me – can I say, like, I know it's hard, like, because you say something gets quoted and then it's like it's 100%. Like, this is just a thought. Like, it's not a – I don't – You know, if I, if I say this and then Justin were to pick up the phone and call me and go, I don't think that's accurate. I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're totally right. Like, so there's, I don't say this with like an abundance of confidence. Um, Dennis to me kind of wanted a lot of different people's points of view and wanted a lot of conversation about things and, um, you know, kind of would line everything to all just essence of prep hours of preparation And then, I don't know what the right word is. He was always ready to act, but let's say maybe there was a passivity to that. Like, he's ready to act, but the world's got to open up for him. And then he acted, right? If that makes sense. Whereas my vibe with Justin is that Justin's going to, like, open the door to go act. Does that make
0: sense? Explain that a little bit more.
7: I don't know if I can, because... It's, it's not Are you a joke, saying Dennis Justin's going to
0: be aggressive? A li- but. Uh, I was going to say, is Justin a little more aggressive? Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm trying to not say that, actually, oh. because I think that would imply that Dennis
7: wasn't aggressive. But, I mean, maybe maybe just a little bit more, you know, like I feel like Justin might be some things or be a little bit more forceful, maybe. I don't know. So make that's a decision person, and go with personalities.
4: it. Say that again? Make a decision and go with it.
7: Yeah, a little bit more forceful, right? Like, um, you know, that's how Justin... And Justin's the same preparation. He's a lawyer, so, like, the whole preparation thing is right up his alley. And um, so, I mean, he's definitely... And that that would be... And maybe that's just reading their personalities a little bit. Like, um, you know, I I guess uh, this probably isn't the greatest way to say it. Like, I kind of feel like if Justin made him. Justin would like make a decision from just his personality. I'm with him. And if it doesn't go right, he'd be like, okay, that's fine. Cause my decision was based in the right things. And I totally believed in what I was doing. And that's good. I'm like, fine. I'm willing to make a mistake. Um, where Dennis had more to me, of like that Obama analytical, like let's investigate every single angle of yeah, everything. More deliberate. Yeah. And let's, make sure we have every base covered. Um, and I don't know that either of them's right or wrong. I just think those are their, and I'm not even actually, and actually let me clarify, I have no track record to show that that's how either of them would act the trades. That's their personalities that I've been around.
4: Well, moves get done no matter who is in charge. And that's just the way of the world in, in pro sports, particularly in the NBA, very rarely is a team, uh, brought back, brought back in its entirety, And so we expect some moves here. Uh, I listened to a lot of your stuff that you do on your own. You had a number of uh, players that you were throwing out there um, as far as uh, you were just sort of throwing them out there. You weren't necessarily saying that the Jazz are in line to acquire these players. But rather than focus on the specific players, and I got the point that you were making in in the thing that you did the other day, I think it was yesterday, you were talking about whether it's Harrison Barnes or whatnot, uh, what has to happen for this team to improve next year? I mean, that's the bottom line.
3: Um.
7: So, I mean, I I actually still think our two best players are young enough that there's natural growth.
4: Sure, that's like, part of it. Yeah. Um.
7: And but and then but then I would say the core other the next tier of guys are all old enough that they should decline a little bit. Like Joe and Mike haven't shown any signs of it, but it's like at some point here, this does, you do slow down. Like you're on the wrong side of this math game. Um, Joe has shown no signs of it at all impressively. Um, and nor has Mike. So if you're able to, you know, bring Mike back, um, you know, I think continuity does help though. I get nervous with that. I frankly, um, I, 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 I think in this year particularly continuity was um vitally important and why the jazz had such success with the short practice times and everything else otherwise I sometimes I'm actually not the biggest believer in continuity not in the sense that you blow it up but you know if I use the Giants in baseball as an example like when they wanted every other year for that stretch what they would do is they would bring the same team back a second straight time and then they'd be not very good it's not the same year. Like, it's different. Everyone's contract is different. Everyone's talking to different people in the offseason. Everyone's a year older. Like, you're not the same. And, um, and frankly, from the Jazz standpoint, the, um, Alec Burks was it Kyle Korver for Alec Burks trade? What happened in Brooklyn when we traded Alec? Like, like the two times I've been with the Jazz, there have been two moves, two signature moves in Dennis's tenure were trades. One was trading Alec Burks when we were in Brooklyn, and the other was tra- is waving Jeff Green when we were in Miami. In both cases, there was just kind of a malaise over the team, where I just think they were so comfortable with each other, and the continuity was actually working against them. And the trades sent this message across the bow of like, hey, let's go. Like, if you're not careful, like I know it's fu- I know it's fun. Everyone gets along, and this is all great. But guess what? Actually, you can go you can go somewhere else. Um, so I sometimes am not always the greatest believer in continuity. I would say, um, we did something interesting last year. I think we paid the most money for any of any team in the league that had six, seven, eight. I kind of think that might've been really smart. Um, but maybe some veteran depth after that, rather than just young depth after that would might be a nice twist. Um, though there's a real value in your luxury tax team of trying to develop young players and having one of them kind of click in. um, And then, you know, I I think if there's a way to get some more defensive versatility, you're just seeing teams in the playoffs have to play in so many different manners, and certainly we have one way we're going to play most of the time with Rudy, and Rudy's shown some versatility himself, but we don't have great defensive versatility on the roster right now.
0: David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let
7: me ask you you guys a question that I've had all week. What? You are the Miami Heat, the Dallas Mavericks, or the New York Knicks.
0: Okay. Wait, give me the teams again.
7: Dallas, Dallas Mavericks.
0: Okay, New Miami. And Knicks. And Knicks. Miami. Okay. Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley? Well, it's musical chairs. I'd go hard after both and see who says yes. I don't know. But you're making your first <laughs> offer to which one.
4: Well, they liked Lowry, and they've liked Lowry for a number of years. Who's they? Jazz.
7: Oh, yeah, Jazz was supposed to close to getting Lowry when they took Rubio. Yes. Um, yes. Least, yeah. Okay. That's the story. Now he
4: is uh, but I'm,
7: what, I asked you if you're. I asked if, I asked if you're Miami. I mean, we don't have the choice, right? We either get Mike Conley or we don't get anything. So I'm asking if you're Miami, Chicago Bulls, or the New York Knicks, or the Dallas Mavericks. So those mm-hmm. are the four. I think Chicago is the wild card here. Um, which, Who would you have on your list first if you're them, Mike Conley or, or –
4: right. Kyle Lowry, for each of those teams, yeah. Uh, Miami, I think I would go with Lowry. Uh, Chicago, I don't know that I'd necessarily be interested in either of them for where where they are and what they're trying to do. Uh, but it's all relative to who else I could get. Uh, so uh, I'd probably go Lowry on all of them.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth watching, right? And there's the wild Chris Paul to New York rumor that keeps floating around, and it's floated around just enough, and there's a lot of reasons for it. That might actually have something to it. So then suddenly you've knocked two of the suitors off the board. Resigning might get better. Um, by the way, on Chicago... If, if Phoenix
0: loses Chris Paul, I don't know their salary cap situation. Do they become a player? Um, interesting. I hadn't looked into it
7: quick thought is that DeAndre's Eaton's contract will not have kicked in yet and so they probably would be a player. Now, whether they are um Cause he, knowing he, that they have to pay Eaton and Bridges here coming up and Booker will be maxed, um it would be another question.
0: They have 125 million committed next year. Chris Paul has an option for 44, so that would drop them down to 81 million. Yep, then they would
7: then they would have some cap space. But yeah. I don't know if they'd be a player just because yeah, of the way I, their roster lines up. I get it, yeah. Aiden, um, Aiden, Aiden the one, the one for- I think interesting, by the way, just back to Chicago for a second, just the impact of the Phoenix Suns. I think a bunch of the owners in the league are going to be pushing on their GMs hard. Phoenix didn't make the playoffs last year. Nope. And I think this is going to change the landscape of conversation inside these front offices.
0: I think you're you're onto something there, and I think that's why when P.K. says, if he's Chicago, I don't know if you'd be interested. And I think that would be a normal answer in a lot of years, but maybe not the answer if the Suns just added Chris Paul and won the title.
7: Yep. And they just traded for Vucevic at the deadline, and they only have a year and a half left on Zach Levine, or two years left on Zach Levine's deal. So, they're, I think they're a major, and they have space, and they don't have a point guard. I think they're a major player out there where they try to go add their their version of Chris Paul that changes them from, you know, a non-playoff team to, who knows?
4: I think they would have been a playoff team with Rubio this year. Who? Sons.
7: Uh I don't know. The way to get great in this league is to trade Ricky Rubio.
4: Well, they still could have trade him. That was I, supposed I, I, to be a
7: joke. That was supposed to be funny, <laughs> but both Utah and Phoenix like literally got rid of Ricky Rubio and went from being like kind of okay to great.
4: But I think Phoenix was the, the arrow was pointing out.
7: Uh Yeah, I do think Chris Paul's pretty, I
4: mean, yeah, I mean, he's you know, elevated them to the, within two games right. of winning the whole thing, but right. I, even I mean, without him, they, I think they would have made the playoffs.
7: I, I'm not sure what I think of Ricky Rubio. I don't want to get into a conversation on Rubio, but I would just say, I'm not sure I agree with you. Um, I mean, Phoenix's point guard situation over the last three years, like back to when Igor was the head coach, it's pretty incredible. Like they went through a year starting Ellie Okobo. He's not even in the league anymore. And then they tra- started Ricky Rubio, who I, I guess I'll be honest. I just am no longer convinced he's ever been a starting point guard in the league. He was pretty dang good for us, but I kind of think Quinn created him. Because when he got to Minnesota, who wasn't very good, he actually, I mean, they have D'Angelo, but he, he wasn't very good again last year. Like at some point, like there's just never been a player in the history of the league with Ricky, who's shot the numbers Ricky Rubio shot and played this amount of games and minutes like at some point his reputation from Spain has just carried him through. He's just a, and he's a great dude and he plays really hard and he gets loose balls, but I mean at some point I, I I'm actually just wavering on that. So I might be wrong too, but like I actually just think what really happened there and this is where I think Chicago's interesting parallel is they just had like the worst point guards you could have for the last 5 years and then they went and took the worst and put in like an all, you know, one of the four or five greats of all time. And that it just catapulted them. But I just think their point guard play has been so. Like I look back over the last five years of who played point guard, and it's it's incredible how much like and to Devin, and to Devin Booker's defense, who you know took some heat that certainly looked like it was ill placed. Now he was not playing with anyone who had any idea how to play point guard in the NBA. I mean, it's go back and look at like go Basketball Reference and look at their last five years of point guards. It is it is incredible.
0: So I want to go back to the whole, you know, what what is the market for Conley around the league? You mentioned four teams, and everybody will have just seen Chris Paul have this huge impact on the Suns. So even if you value, to go to what you, you brought up early in the interview, if you value Lowry over Conley, how long are these teams going to value Lowry over Conley? As soon as they realize... There's one Kyle Lowry, and there's at least two and maybe three or four teams pursuing him. How quickly are they going hard at their second option? Because it's musical chairs here, and there aren't right. enough it, point guards. So, um,
7: but, also, but there actually may be enough point guards, depending on what you, your viewpoint of this. So there's nine point guards that I think are, could start that are going to change teams next year.
0: That's a huge number.
7: <laughs> right. So um, Dennis Schroeder. Spencer Dinwiddie, Kemba Walker, like there's others. Um, you have to, you know, so Chris Paul obviously is in his own category. Um, and then Kyle Lowry, I think we've kind of decided is probably a tier ahead of Mike Conley, but like only a little. So you're right in regards to the musical chairs. But if you could trade for Kemba, are you interested? If you're signing Spencer Dinwiddie, who's younger and bigger, like, what's your thought on that? Dennis Schroeder can really score it. Like, there's And there's three or four others who off the top of my head, of course, are not coming to me right now. And they're not the tier of Conley or Lowry. But, you know, if Mike Conley at 33 is going to cost you, I don't know, $28, 30000000 Spencer Dinway is going to cost you 20 at a younger age and he's bigger, well, maybe you do that. Mm-hmm. But he's not really a point guard either.
4: Think Conley's going to be able to, to to command or get that type of money twenty eight to thirty million.
7: I do think Phoenix making the finals is going to impact this marketplace a little bit, and I think the return to normalcy of society is going to put more pressure on winning on front offices than maybe before. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I that's just a hypothesis that that I think ownerships are going to be more eager to be good. Um, than they have been in the past. And there just aren't that many teams that are tanking, frankly. Right? So I think, you know, like, there's two tiers. There's there's eight or nine teams walking around right now that think they should have been the finals where we start, you know, that's how we started the conversation, right? Yeah. Should Phoenix be Utah? Philadelphia's asking if they should be Milwaukee. Brooklyn's asking if they should be Milwaukee. You know, Boston doesn't probably think they're that far away. Dallas doesn't think they're that far away where, you know, the Lakers and Clippers are asking the same questions in Denver that we're asking. I mean, that's 11 of the 30 teams right now. Then there's the next tier, and, you know, Chicago thinks they're a player away. Miami still thinks they're contending for a, champion, you know, for a possibility. New York doesn't think they're that far away. You know, can they get into that tier? So I, I just think the league's in a really different place than we've ever seen, where the talent has dispersed, as they hope. There were fewer All-Stars per team on the floor this year. It's the fourth fewest All-Stars per team on the floor during the playoffs than we've ever had in the history of the league. Um, so I think there's, I think there's a major kind of shift in the league and the impact of the collective bargaining agreement of what six, seven years ago is actually being felt here. And, and I think you have more teams competing.
0: So with Conley, the question isn't how good is he? Cause when he's healthy, he's really good. The question is how often is he going to be healthy? How often is he going to be available? What can be done differently and then how much of it is just the, the schedule is going to be different? What can be done differently to make sure he's available for the most important games?
7: I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I got no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
6: <What? laughs>
4: oh,
7: brother. I mean, I'll, I'll go a different angle on Mike Conley. What I think it's interesting on Mike Conley's market is there's just so many reasons why I think it can get inflated, which is not great for the Jazz. So for the Jazz, it gets inflated because we really don't have another option. If we don't re-sign him, it's not like we get that gap space and get to fill it. So you suddenly have a real roster-building challenge mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, for Chicago, his market value kind of goes through the roof because they have cap money to spend. And if you don't, you know, if you don't spend it, you kind of can There's a little different because they don't have rookies you have to pay to fill the gap. But, you know, for some of the young teams that have, like, this is what happened with Atlanta last year and it turned out okay for them is they had cap money. If they didn't spend it, it was gone. Because by the time they'd spend it, then they—if they didn't spend it last summer, then they signed John Collins and Trey Young gets his extension and things like that—and suddenly they don't—they don't actually have their money anymore. Um, so you know, cap cap room doesn't always roll in the next year. So in a bunch of these teams' cases, if you don't use it now, like in the case of Dallas, if they don't use it now, then Lucas' contract kicks in, and they don't actually have it. So then that's—they can't afford to kind of go through this process and not add something right now. And so that adds, you know, even that, ad, that inflates the market for that reason. You know, New York's got momentum right now. That might inflate the market for that reason. I think the urgency of ownership to win more coming out of the pandemic, in other words, inflates the market. So those are the things that I think are working against the Jazz or just for the players in the circumstance where I think despite their age, these players may end up with some really good deals and actually longer than you're comfortable with. And then you got something on the backside you really got to deal with, which is scary. All right, for, David, we, we will leave for it. The reason, for the reasons you just talked about, that I have no expertise on how to get hamstrings healthy. Yeah.
0: All right, David, we will leave it right there. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Okay, talk to you soon. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Andrew Reinhart, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys, if you've been struggling with ED, they've got a breakthrough treatment. Andrew, what can you tell us about it?
5: We do have a breakthrough treatment. It is helping so many men. If you're frustrated in the bedroom, intimacy or frequency is not there. Think about this. The average guy does a few treatments on our wave therapy. They're 10 minute sessions over two to three weeks. Cambridge University says that is enough to get rid of the erectile dysfunction, the pills, get things back to where they were. So by the, let's just say July, you can do this. You could be done with the treatments in the month of July. What would that do to the relationship? Uh, Maybe your happiness level, sense of well-being, your significant other, usually pretty great things. That's what we're doing here at Wasatch Medical, helping so many men in a pretty short period of time.
0: So why do guys want to stop taking the pill for ED? Because that would probably be the the answer a lot of people default to.
5: Yeah, and I would say if you're taking the pill and it's working great with no side effects, don't call us, you know, keep doing it. But if you're noticing there's no spontaneity, it doesn't work all that well, or you get side effects, that's probably uh, probably a slippery slope to it not working very, very soon. So no side effects, not invasive, we're treating the root cause, and generally the spontaneity, not having to plan things. That is a big attraction to these treatments.
0: When you say, uh, if it's working, don't call us, you must have a fair amount of knowledge that people are going to be in that situation pretty quick. Cause you just said that pretty confidently.
5: <laughs> yeah. It, the pill works for a while, but I, I've never seen it work forever. In fact, uh, most guys come and say, uh, you know, it worked for a few months and I had to take more and more of it. And then the side effects get a lot worse. So, yeah, it, it, it is treating the symptoms, and it does come with a significant amount of negatives.
0: All right, you got a special offer right now. You want to explain it?
5: We do. There's a lot of value today. Leave your wallet at home, by the way. There's, this is all no charge. Call us now. You'll qualify for the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound free. You get the little gift. Uh, this is worth the trip alone. Even if you have no intention of doing the treatments, it produces immediate results in the bedroom and new patients get blood work and testosterone for free i know a lot of guys spending thousands of dollars on that no more it is totally free at wasatch medical
0: guys you can put a stop to your d call wasatch medical right now 801-901-8000 the number to claim that offer 801-901-8000 that's 801-901-8000 thank you andrew thank you the big show big show with jake scott and gordon monson
6: College football is close. I'll be excited when camps open up. We're not that far away. We're really not. If I had to pin you down to one thing that you're looking forward to this football season. I'm going to start with the obvious. A full slate of games. It'll be great to have a normal football year. Can't help but think about where we were at this point last year and the debate on whether or not football was actually going to happen in what way, shape, or form. It was just such chaos. I'm looking forward to not talking about that and talking about hey Gordon, how do you think the running back is going to play? Yeah. You know? The first normal football season in two years i'm very much looking forward to it couldn't agree more catch the big show weekdays from two to seven presented by big O tires
1: the team you trust on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
0: dj pk brought you in part by homie finally the way real estate should be full service local agents and you will save thousands homie a better way to buy or sell all right, PK, Locke got you thinking right there. There was a road he went down that deserves a little more exploration because it is going to impact the decisions owners and GMs make this offseason.
4: Absolutely, yeah, there's no question about that. And the rise of the Suns from non-playoff is unprecedented. The 11 consecutive years of not making the playoff, And now not just making the playoff, but obviously two wins away from winning the whole thing is an incredible story. We love stories. So in our business, that's stories are where it's at as opposed to winning and losing. It's about the story. And so what these teams are seeing, and I think what Lockwood's point was, is that he listed several teams that believe they're player X away from being in contention to win it all. And and that's what you need to be. You know, you've got to be in the mix. Whether you think of the jazz flaming out or not they were in the mix this year i think that's inarguable Uh, they were in the mix so he listed the bulls maybe be lower in the mix but miami being higher in the mix and new york made uh, great strides this past season dallas has a premier player they have an all-league nba player there's no doubt about that with uh, Doncic, can do so many different things so with that in mind they're looking to win immediately. You should be looking to win immediately. And I think that's great for the league to have that many teams think that they're in the mix and so go look. Go put the Warriors. He didn't mention the Warriors. He didn't. But he, but he was talking about teams that he thought maybe be in contention for Conley. So that's why he didn't mention the Warriors. The Warriors they're, have they're not spent
0: so much money; right. they want to be in contention, but they well, basically yeah. have to find guys on veteran minimum and well, get their guys healthy. Uh,
4: yeah, that's their path. Well, back. depending on what they do with trades, you know, they've got picks. They got Wiseman. So. They have, they're have. they not in the mix for Conley, so that's why Locke didn't bring that up, because he, his point was teams that could be contending to sign Mike Conley, the Warriors his,
0: obviously would be set at the guard spot. To his bigger point about teams that yeah. legitimately, well, whether it's legitimate or not in our mind, in their mind thinking, we need to be going all in to get to a conference final, yeah, yeah, an yeah. NBA final to the title, 15 teams. And that's, and that's great. That's, a, that's great for the league. a big yeah. number. But you run through them, and you're like, no, that, he's right. In 15 team offices, they are thinking, at minimum, we got to get to a conference final. What do we have to do? Oh, I, uh,
4: Yeah, and I think the other teams, their front office folks are thinking, man, we better make the playoffs, and my butt's out the door. Exactly. So there's
0: that next tier. Yeah. Yes. I, and
4: I think that's great for, as a fan, I, I was that's in, great.
0: I was in Canada. The Grizzlies, they were in the playoffs. They obviously want to go deeper in the playoffs. I don't oh, know. Why that, shouldn't they yeah. think
4: that they have a shot to get to the conference final? I mean, it may be a long shot, but. Well, they would be uh, 16 then. That, who's to say? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put arbitrary limits on teams, and especially with young players who are developing, and Memphis has that. So. You know, there's going to be some competition for Conley. But to me, as a fan, that's great. The, the five-year rebuilding, oh my uh, gosh.
0: That takes a long time.
4: Because what we see so many times, well, it's going to take minimum five years, but we see so many times is that there's an owner who uh, whatever reason isn't as patient and things change, the GM changes and the GM wants his or his coach and so the rebuild gets restarted before it ever blossomed in the first place. That really drives me up a wall to see that and to see, it just seems like, uh, I'll use Sacramento as an example and I don't even know if it's true but it seems to me it is. It seems like they've had three one-year coaches. I mean, what the heck is the point of that? You're going nowhere. You're guaranteeing mediocrity at best.
0: At best, that's what you're guaranteeing here. So, so they the, need to stick with Walton.
4: Well, whatever it might be. Right. Well, mean, I'm, the, just,
0: I'm just throwing it out I there. get it, but he's the guy now. They've been churning through coaches I mean, for I I
4: don't really care what they do, but uh, I'm just using that as an example. Well, the Jazz aren't in that position. The Jazz absolutely, and I believe they are, I don't think there's any question about it, are in a win-now mode. And being in a win-now mode, means that you got to push whatever cliche you want, all the cards, chips, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's what they need to do. Because in my mind, and maybe it's more in my heart than in my mind, but I don't think it's that big of a difference between mind and heart in this case. I believe they are a contender. And and, and granted, I want them to be a contender because it just makes everything go much better. It makes the winter go faster. I mean, and who doesn't want to see the winter go faster? Summer, you can slow down a little bit, but uh, winter, no. Breeze right through it. Unless you live in Arizona, then it's reverse. But we don't live there. Uh, So with that in mind, do whatever it needs to take. Now, it's easy for me to say because it's not my money. And... I only second guess. I don't make any decisions. All I do is critique the decisions that they make. That's my job. And that's what the fans want me to do, give my opinion on personnel moves. And it's fun because I never have to take any heat. (laughs) They have to take heat. But I think that they're in that position, and I do think they will be aggressive. And I'm excited to see... When they get together and training camp starts uh, first week, October, whenever it might be, what is on his team? Because I don't think they're that far away. And go now. As the Moody Blues once sang, like in 1962, go now. Go now. Of course, that was a breakup. The guy wanted the gal to leave because he was having a hard time getting over her, and she kept showing up. And, it, you know, that type of thing. That's not... That was the negative. Go now, in this instance, is the positive.
0: Well, I don't think there's any doubt they view themselves as a contender, and I don't think there's any doubt. One of the cool things about having your team sold to someone who's a local owner, I mean, he grew up playing junior jazz. He did? He's a fan. Yes, that was in the introductory press conference. How was his crossover? Probably awesome. Was it? No idea. He allegedly at one point also sold tickets out in front of this
1: certain building.
4: So He was a ticket broker? Sure, we'll go with broker. I have, Entrepreneur. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I missed that part. I
0: have that one on fairly good authority.
4: Oh, really? There so what? He bought tickets and tried to move tickets for, to make a buck? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because you're kind of nebulous. If you're going to bring me to the water, take me in. You got it. Take me to the river. Talking Heads, you're moving forward. I know. Actually, Al Green. Go. Oh, really? Yes. You thought that was an original Talking Heads song? So they it covered that. Out. Oh, Al Green had it first. That okay. was a cover tune. Very good, but it was a cover tune. Uh, so I'm, I did not know talking that. talking about my generation. Uh, with that in mind, uh, yeah. The point you're making is a fan wants to win. But I yes. don't know. See, that that, eh, that makes me a little I don't necessarily think that that's a positive.
0: It can be a negative if you're delusional.
4: Or if you get so attached to him, he's my favorite player. See, I don't, I don't think this man is going to do that. I think fandom was over here. Business
0: is here, and business supersedes fandom. So I don't think the fandom. So I guess has I want a combination of both then, because you can be business, and I mean the number of owners in pro sports who keep score not by winning and losing, but by how much money they make. I mean that's been a factor.
4: Well, all these teams make money. If, no, if they don't make literal money that season, the valuation of the franchise. franchise. is going up all the time. Yeah. So uh, I don't necessarily want them to be a fan. I want them to
0: make smart business decisions that allows the ball club to win. Well, there's no way 16 teams are all getting better. Someone's going to make mistakes or, and or have bad luck.
4: Maybe so. Uh, but I see no reason why the Jazz are not better next when, season.
0: When I'm counting half the teams in the league think they're close... There's a group of those teams that were really close two or three years ago who aren't now, but they're not accepting that. They think we should not have slipped like this. Good. I wouldn't want my— Boston, As a fan Miami. base, I wouldn't
4: want them to accept it either. Right.
0: Yeah, Boston and Miami are further away than they were, but they're still thinking, hey, we're one move, we're right back there. Well, particularly in the East. Yeah.
4: I, I think very few people believe in the Bucks as legitimate year-in, year-out Dominate NBA finalist?
0: No, I think it, a la LeBron. It should be uh, everybody chasing the Nets next year, but a lot of teams chasing that aren't necessarily that far away. Especially if you add in the Nets injury history. Yeah, and I'd put it and, in Philadelphia
4: and, in that mix too.
0: We, yeah, we have some of that in the West, uh, the Lakers and Warriors. I mean, they finished seventh and ninth. One one went out in the playing games, and one went out in the first round. But because of injuries, they don't feel like that they're they're that far away. They they've clearly slipped from where they've been. But they clearly think they can get back, whether that's true or not. Well, they want to think they
4: can get back. I don't know that they clearly think that they can. They want to think that they can uh, remains to be seen. You're thinking if you got LeBron, well, LeBron's going to be, what, 37, 38 mm-hmm. next year? I mean, those guys, when they go down, they seem to take a longer time to get back, and Davis has got all sorts of injury history. You can count on him to an extent. When he's healthy, you can count on him, but he's just he's going along the lines of several players who just couldn't find themselves to be healthy consistently Uh, so sure consider the Lakers but I don't consider the Lakers anymore to be wow they're the overwhelming favorite and everybody's pointing towards them the way the Warriors were uh, the way the Bulls were in the East with MJ and all that stuff so it may not be necessarily wide open it doesn't need to be wide open you just need your team to be in the mix and the Jazz are in the mix so they've got to do whatever it takes within what they view as reasonable. It's easy for me to say, well, sign Conley and pay the luxury tax and go blah, 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 blah. That's not your money. If they decide yeah. that that's not financially feasible, I'm fine. It's, I get it. you got to take care of that, too.
0: You just don't just – because just throwing around a bunch of money doesn't necessarily work. We've got lots of examples of that. Pro sports is full yeah. of those examples. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you, you got to have the big money. There's very few teams that win without it. Tip of the hat to the Tampa Bay Rays, but uh, Oakland A's, you got to have it, but you got to spend it well. You spend it wisely. Poorly. Yeah. You spend it wisely. You, you spend it on the wrong guy. You get the bad break. I mean, the, the Lakers are all in on two stars and they're great when they're healthy, but if they're hurt, they fall to seventh and they go out in the first round. And it
4: seems like in basketball, more so the other sports, maybe because there's fewer guys and in the NFL the contracts aren't guaranteed anyway, but in basketball, it seems like. There's a number of guys with teams that they're waiting out to contracts to get them off the books, and that's bad news. At least if you're going to sign them, make sure it's the right signing. If you overpay, so be it. But, that's the, but, but the, not that's, to where you're yeah.
0: just counting the days until you're free of him. Because the NFL doesn't have the guaranteed money in the same way. They don't have the same storyline that baseball and basketball have, where you look at contracts and you think, well, oh, how long does that last? Right, right. And you're, you're, I mean the, you're literally the, counting the days. Right. The, what the Mets did to get out from under the Bobby Bonilla deal is still celebrated. And this is not a news story. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
1: the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5, 1280, the zone, and the zone sports network.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97-5 and 1280, the zone. PK, one, go One ahead. other thing that
4: uh, Locke surprised me on. What's that? Downplaying,
0: even if it's minimally, I was surprised
4: the extent of continuity.
0: I'm all for the continuity, but the 100% bring it all back and run it over again, I, I don't believe in that. I think it gets stale. There's something about relationships, and I don't— What about the core? I'm totally fine with the core. Well, that is continuity. Who cares at the end of the bench? Okay, but if in the ninth— If you Sova doesn't come back next year, I'm not going to be crushed. I'm over it. You're right. Emotionally, <laughs> I, can, I can bounce pretty quickly on that one. You're right. But in the nine-man rotation, if there's two changes, I'm totally good with it. Oh, in, what, at 8-9? In any nine-man rotation. I was talking in general. I so, don't know. two or three? I think... It- uh there's a
4: big difference. Yep. There's a wide variance between number and, and one absolutely. and number nine.
0: And there's absolute yes. Right, right. Replacing Conley's minutes is different than replacing Yang's minutes. I get it. But just a couple of fresh voices, a couple of fresh faces, like different talent to move in, something to keep it kind of fresh. Uh, that makes me nervous. Really? I don't want change for change's sake. No, I, don't, I want change I don't for improvement. Well, but something to keep it fresh. But that's part of the change that is a positive, is keeping it fresh. I think I only re- want change if it's better. I don't want a fresh face just because the okay. other guy's stale. you look old. at the way— that, Dude, you look if you, at you at the thought that, that, we'd be out of a job a long time ago. You look at the way the— oh, That's apples and oranges, but okay. I don't think it is. Two out of two? I don't think it is. So, nine out of two— and the way the season went. You don't think that they can upgrade a couple on Yes. Talents? Yes, that's okay. my point. Upgrade end, all you—upgrade No. 1. Upgrade gonna,
4: number one upgrade one through 9. Okay, they can't upgrade number. I 1. I know, but if you could, you do it. Yes. But you can't. But I don't—that's
0: not so, the point. So don't spend a lot of energy on that. Uh, they won't. I'm making a point. I'm right. not making a decision. Well, and to the point that— um, he made about the different personalities and the message it sends. And it just keeps an edge. And both times they did it, they did it for talent. It wasn't just That's for, what I want. And I wasn't don't they just get, they get
4: along so well. Forget that. That's little old lady stuff who sits at home and, know they're my guys. I don't care about that. I want them to win. There it is. Yeah. I mean, this the statue's not running around bosom buddies all day long now. I mean, it, it, guys come and go. So, I mean, Rubio was a great dude. We all loved him, but he wasn't good enough.
0: I know. We both have a (laughs) lot of great friends who shouldn't be playing in the NBA.
4: Yeah, so uh, that doesn't matter. You got better. I want the team to get better because I believe they're not far. And if they can get better at slot number seven, get better at slot number seven. And so forth and so on. Every slot you've got. If they can get better, that's what the, the point of the management is about. Give Quinn Snyder the most talent options. that you could possibly yep. give him. The most options. And I think that's where they're going. So I, by by usual, just attrition, guys don't all return. So I get all that.
0: But I wouldn't change just, for oh, I want a fresh face. What uh, I think one of the things, and you brought this up, and Locke didn't bring it up directly, but he implied it. Uh, it's not, because we were talking about, if you were with us earlier, when Locke was on, he was talking about the Conley money, which I thought minimums might get. Mike is getting fifteen. I always underestimate this kind of stuff, so he's probably going to get twenty. But Locke was bringing up mid to high twenties, twenty five to twenty. That's 28. why I asked him. He right? said twenty eight to thirty. But I think on top of that is your thing about years. Now maybe you give him more money for fewer years, so you're not waiting out the contract, as you say. But we have seen a lot of big contracts move. We may be, and Locke brought this up. We may be about to see Chris Paul opt out of a massive amount of money. Oh, he is going to opt out. Yeah, you're right. He will. Even if he stays, put, he will. Yeah, yeah. Why take one at 44 when you know right now, coming off what looks like, well, either an NBA well, Finals or two NBA at Championship, 16, whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is, he'll you know. get a second. Or sure, year. it's a
4: business decision, and and, and I'm all for guys making business decisions. It's their lives, their money. So that that's yeah, I support that a hundred percent. So he will do that, and that's that's where I would be concerned uh, to extend Conley because he's injury prone now at thirty three. Well, what's he going to be at thirty five? All of a sudden, he's going to find the find the fountain
0: of health, uh, youth, or health, or whatever that expression is. Probably not. Probably not. But you can argue that Chris Paul just did, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to.
4: Yeah. Well. Chris Paul this season, particularly if they win two more games, is one of the greatest stories Stories in NBA history. Get past that he whines or he'll punch you into junk or all this other <laughs> crap. I, yeah, I, I understand all that, but I'm talking about the story. If they win it all this season, they're two games what? away, it's yeah. one of the greatest stories in NBA history. I don't see how you could argue that.
0: In the last six years, Conley has played full-time two of the six years. And once you get down into 40 or 50 games played, you're not playing full-time. He had a season he played 69 games. He had a season he played 70. Well, I want
4: him to play— In the 16 uh, game uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. The 28.
0: Yeah. yeah. 16 to 28, whatever it turns uh, out to be. Yeah, and
4: obviously that's the most important thing there. And they had a fine record without him. Uh, just in the playoffs, you're playing a high quality team, particularly if you get past the first round. You're playing an extremely high quality team, and you couldn't get past the first, uh, second round. And in and, and large degree, is because he basically didn't play at all. I mean, he played in the last game, but it wasn't anything close to Mike Conley.
0: All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five twelve eighty the zone. Andrew Reinhart joins us from the Wasatch Medical Clinic, and Andrew, you've been on a lot of times talking about ED and the breakthrough treatment, but you keep coming on because guys are really hesitant to get take, get the ED taken care of.
5: Yeah, they are. There is a stigma around this, no question about it. And uh, I think that when guys finally do come in, they wonder why they waited so long. A treatment is 10 minutes. It doesn't hurt. There's no side effects. It's not invasive. The wave therapy opens up the blood vessels. And according to Cambridge, you only have to do this a few times over two to three weeks. So... There's no reason to be embarrassed. It's so normal to struggle in the bedroom. The results are so worth it. The relationship improves, and finally we can get rid of the pill.
0: So what are the patient results you're hearing? What are they telling you?
5: Generally, there's kind of a stress reliever that goes along with this. They don't have to pre-plan with medication. I think the intimacy, the frequency, and the overall happiness is all tied together. Uh, with performance in the bedroom. So I think they're happier. The relationship certainly improves.
0: So you've got a special offer for our listeners, if they call you right now.
5: Call us now, the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound. That's free. A little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll love that, by the way. And kind of a cool thing, if you feel like uh, you're a little empty in the tank, testosterone and blood work is totally free today as well
0: you can call wasatch medical right now 801-901-8000 call andrew ask about the special offer at 801-901-8000 that's 801-901-8000 andrew thank you thank you dj and pk brought to you in bar by homie finally the way real estate should be full service local agents and will save you thousands homie a better way to buy or sell so PK, we had a little football for people already this morning for the nine o'clock listeners. Let's get them up to speed. Little tennis? No, football. Okay. All right. Football. Well, we do have a semifinal in Wimbledon yeah, going on. I thought we right go, go ahead if you, if you want to talk about that sport. Go ahead <laughs> about football. Yeah, we are the tennis station. Okay, I mean, if you we want are to. the tennis station. Who's playing? We've got Berrettini and Herkets from oh, Poland. Yeah. The ladies, uh, men's.
4: I know who's playing in the ladies, I'm saying. No.
0: Ladies' final is tomorrow. Ladies final is tomorrow. Barty and who? Barty against Yeah, we're the tennis station yeah, alright. We are. We are <laughs> the tennis station. <laughs> Clearly, we're right on top of it. All right, so the football news, uh, there's a couple of things happening. Uh, some of it just confirming what we already know, some of it a little intriguing. Odds are out. One of the sports books in Vegas put the odds out for the opening week of the season, both week zero and week one. There are a lot of Pac-12 teams favored by double digits over Mountain West teams, but there's a Pac-12 team that is an 11-point underdog to BYU. Arizona. I was surprised it was that big. I thought it was going to be more BYU by a touchdown. I thought BYU by 6 or 7, something in there. 6, 7, eight. Because there's so much turnover. There's so many there's new faces. Turnovers. New players. Yeah, but there's so many crappy players on the other team. Right, and you thought there were so many crappy players to be Arizona by, would be a 15-point underdog to with yeah. you, yeah. And it turned out if you just average us, then boom, you hit the number. Well, I'm going to go to that game, and I'm going to put 2,000 down on the Cougars. <laughs> 2,000 wow. down on the Cougars. You could never do that. You would be whimpering and <laughs> crying in the window. It's so much money. I can't do this. You watch me. You're not wired for it. It's just not. Not happening. I'm going
1: to go go down to that game. I'm going to watch you walk over to the window. I want to see. No, you're not.
0: You're not. I will
1: film it.
4: Not happening. I think they're going to win by more than eleven. They've got to win by more than eleven. Sure, they have some new faces, but see, you just take that on face value, and that doesn't work for me. You got to go deeper. What part am
0: I taking on face value? Well, I don't mean you. I mean, generally you. Okay, so the general you is taking what on face value? Well,
4: they lost Zach Wilson. Yeah, I get it. They lost Zach Wilson. They lost mm-hmm. Dax Mill. Yeah, I get it. They lost Dax Mill. But if you step beyond that, I mean, they've got a lot of guys who got experience on the offensive line, which is very, very important. And then you actually have some experience at quarterback. Even though Zach was the star, the other guys have played, unless Conover wins the gig right out of the shoot. I don't know that he will. Then the other guys—they've been in situations now. They're they're older. I think both those kids have served missions. Uh, Romney and Hall. Am I correct? Correct. All right. So chronologically, they're older, mm-hmm. right there. And older, I, more mature, and right. that that matters there to a, to a degree. And they also have a fair amount—not a lot, but a fair amount of experience, particularly for backups. And this is their what third year. Uh, with A-Rod? I mean, they lose Jeff Grimes, but re- that, was like, a transition, that was the biggest but no-brainer to elevate a rod officially to what he'd been doing to a large extent anyway and here's the honorary yeah, title right and so that was 100 percent no-brainer no one can argue with that 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 was the right move right and so he knows the kids the kids know him so there's all that stuff that doesn't show up in loss of production last year and i get it that's still huge but you return your running backs and you still have some receivers there. You've got Romney, somebody else. Who am I missing? They got another kid too, don't they? Uh, uh, s- uh, Powell.
1: Yeah, say Neil yeah. Powell. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know I was
4: missing somebody. And so he got those two kids who are decent players. I can remember Arod telling me his first year. Now he coached in the Pac-12 for a number of years, sat out a year, and then came to to <laughs> BYU. And so that first year, he said. How is a Pac-12 receiver? We were just talking one day after practice, back when you can do that in the old days and uh, (laughs) the before times. And hopefully, just a couple years ago. But uh, uh, he just, you know, we just, we're just talking, just standing there, uh, just shooting a breeze about the football team on the practice field there. And he was just talking uh, because that was his uh, first introduction to BYU at a full time. Uh, especially from the offensive, you know, when he was coaching at Utah and they played him every year, he's studying their defense. He's not studying their offense. So my point is that they've got some guys, and the Kua brothers are going to hit the ground running, I
0: believe. You would think so. Right. And we always talk about the competition. You can list enough receivers at the Y who you would think would be decent. And with competition, somebody's going to excel. Somebody ought to stand out head and shoulders. They got talent there. That's
4: the bottom line. I don't know if they'll have a 1,000-yard receiver, but they got talent. And this the, might have the best collection of receiver talent since uh, Kali Pitta. Those guys. Well, that'd be pretty good to replicate just that. I'm, I'm not saying you're going to replicate. I'm just saying the okay, best we since. got
0: 90% of that production. Collectively, I'm speaking. Yeah, I get your point. Those two guys are NFL guys. So, but if you throw um, for 3,500 or 4,000 yeah. yards, what do you care if most of it went to two guys or it spread around? That, that's always been Kyle Whittingham's. That's always yeah. been his uh, philosophy. Man, it his that two, doesn't matter. His 2008 Sugar Bowl team, yeah. they spread the yardage around. But there are plenty yeah. of guys who could get a first down or a yeah, touchdown. Yeah, you need playmakers. So I think they're going to
4: be okay there. And I like that they open against a crappy team. So many times they open up against a great team or, a, you know, uh, Utah, whatever it might be. Uh, I wouldn't want that this year. You're getting, you're getting Utah soon enough. <laughs> so uh, Game two. Yeah. So I like – this isn't a big sky. I'm not going to downgrade. I mean, obviously I don't want the University of Arizona to win very many ball games. And, and in my stage of my life, I was thinking about this the other day at the gym, really from, from my fandom – Pretty much the only game that I super care about is the U of A game. <laughs> if you told me that they could lose to the Utes the next 10 years, but beat the Cats the next 10 years, I sign up immediately. Immediately, I
0: sign up. I that. actually, my mind went to not to yeah. the Utah game, but to the USC game.
4: It doesn't matter Everybody as much. Everybody
0: loves to beat USC.
4: Sure, but I'm not there when I was working with them day in and day out. You don't have to listen to them the same No, way. not I at all. I, I've, I've you since know, I've you gone, gone away If you haven't done from from it, that. people,
0: USC fans and overbearing.
4: Yeah. Spectacular. And we had many guys that were SC grads that I worked with at the Daily Breeze. And nonstop
0: hawks. I don't even yeah. know them, right?
4: Right. It just <laughs> drives me nuts. I, I tell the story in my first house uh, here, and we had a, a evaporative cooler. Thank goodness we don't have that now. But uh, So I used to have to go up on a roof every freaking fall and winterize, and I hated it, right? And so I'm up there, uh, and my buddy calls uh, uh, from SC, and they had just played that day. And I'm up on the roof, and there was a concert. I think it was Brad Ott and the kid who was at Weber, the fumble, non-fumble. They picked it up overtime, scored. And he says to me, he's an SC guy, and he says, Well, yeah, the refs, of course, they're going to favor the underdog. I start screaming, The were favored that day. It's just your cocky, over the top SC attitude that thinks every game you play, the other team is the underdog. That's blah, blah, blah. all true.
0: <laughs> That's all true every Saturday of the fall, every so, year. With so USC I'm on dance. the
4: roof screaming. <laughs> My neighbors was, what's going on up there? <laughs> USC football. So, But that doesn't hold the, lus- the the luster that it used to. So certainly I don't want Arizona to win, but I'm not going to sit here and dis- just completely and totally dismiss them because they do have some Pac-12 talent on the roster. They may not have a lot of it, and you've got to give this guy, this fish, this new guy an opportunity to develop the program. And so we'll see what happens. But right now they haven't won in two years Last year, they didn't play enough games. They probably would have won something. But I think they closed on a, what, a six or seven game losing streak two years ago, and then they lost other games last year. And so the Cougars should be able to win that thing. So I want to look a little bit beyond the fact that they are literally 127th, which I think is dead last in terms of returning production.
0: Yeah, that was a weird list because you said the dead last, and I'm sure you, when you looked at it, it, was last, but I thought there were 130 teams. So I wonder what happened So three, three
1: teams opted out last year.
0: Oh, there it is. Thank you. Math major, Yach. I like it. So there was no way that they. There's had no anything. way to measure returning because yeah. they didn't play last year. Right. Good call, Yach. So 127. The Charlotte was are one dead of them. last. Char- well, Charlotte
1: actually played, I believe. It was UMass, Old Dominion, and.
0: Charlotte. Anyway, doesn't matter. Move on. It don't. So, cool. dead last in returning production, but enough experience. And enough talent that that should be okay. Well, I'm and returning game production one here. and returning production can be terrible production. It can be, yeah. Just because you have
4: guys coming back, right. doesn't mean that they're wow. Well, look at those guys; they're they're a year older. That automatically means they're a year better. And we seem like we heard that from Utah basketball for the last few years. They ain't gotten any better. Nope. So uh, I mean, basketball might be different. Obviously, it's a different sport. Uh, so it may not be the same comparison, but I'm expecting the Cougars to win that first ball game. I mean, to me, uh, given the opponent, that would, be a, that, that would be a major downer. And then you know, ultimately they don't have to win by 15 and win by 5 or 2 or 1 or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but oh, man, I, mean, I guess it matters to an extent because I'm arguing with myself now.
0: Which, Do it. It's, in, it's entertaining.
4: Because you know, I thought about, well, wait a second. That one year, the Cougs beat that team from Portland, and that was the four and nine season. They looked so bad. They
0: looked awful. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah, that's no, a, you yeah, won't. No, you didn't, I'm not feeling it. Not no, feeling it. That was, that was ugly. Right, but that's where you have to see how the game plays out. In the first quarter, you have a couple of horrible plays. You turn the ball over or broken coverage or whatever, and it's not going well. But then in the second half, you come out, and you got your feet under you, and you just dominate, and you push them around.
4: Yeah, this you is a great, great situation yeah. here in that whoever wins the job is going to have to be good. It's not a, from a position of weakness that they decide we're going to go with hundred percent on three. that.
0: Well, we haven't really we seen well we haven't seen Conover at the college level. We've seen a little bit of Hall, but we saw enough of Romney to know he's a decent quarterback. I think we've they,
4: seen enough of Hall too.
0: They beat Boise State with him, so if Hall beats out Romney or if Conover beats out Romney, well, you had to beat the guy who beat Boise State, so you must be playing at a pretty high level. Right.
4: And so that's from a good perspective. So they'll decide that probably uh, halfway through. I think they already know who they think is going to win the job. Now, that doesn't mean that the other two won't get every opportunity to win it. And that can
0: happen. It can. And and coaches aren't going to be totally honest in that situation, usually. So, I wonder how often it happens because I think in every battle coaches go in with an idea. This is the guy
4: it happens it happens the year but, the devil's won the uh south division,
0: but if somebody else comes in and outperforms, and they're like, "Well, we're Taylor go Kelly to left
4: spring ball at number three. He won the job in camp, they won the division, and maybe it was the next year, but uh he was the he was their guy that they wanted, and he kind of came out of nowhere from that perspective so I believe that they think that they have an idea of what the depth chart is. They're not going to say anything publicly, and no one has said anything publicly to me, or probably not publicly, privately. No one has said anything to me, so I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm not speaking from, well, I have some inside information here. I'm just going on what I feel, and I think they think they know, but they are going to allow the other two guys ample ample opportunity. Yes. So it is open, and uh, the other two – uh, whoever they may be, uh, they'll get their shot. And then they maybe get their shot during the season. If it's Hall, he's had injury, concussion issues, and and what do they say? If you're susceptible to that, that tends to happen.
0: Uh, that's where help. maybe the year off yeah. will help. I mean,
4: hopefully not for the yeah. kid. The further yeah. you
0: get away, hopefully that helps. Yeah,
4: and, that, and one of the reasons why I think it's going to be Hall, and this is my opinion, is they told him to take the year off to get healthy. And they, I don't think they would have said that Unless they believed in him. You know, they would have said, uh, sure, you can be in the competition. But they knew full well that Zach Wilson was primed for a big season. They they absolutely knew that. And they thought he was an NFL guy and they thought he was going to go in the NFL after this last season. Maybe they didn't know number two and blow up the way he did. But I believe that they believed that he was going to have a good enough season the NFL would come calling and he would answer the call. So they wanted... Uh, whole to be at his premium health-wise this season.
0: That's what they got, and it worked out. Well, most schools are going to need two or three quarterbacks to get through the year. So however the, whatever the depth chart looks like on September 4th when they open the season against Arizona, if you're the second or third guy, be ready because your chance is coming. There are plenty of backups who play, and there are actually a handful of third-string guys who end up being the starter. So be ready.
4: Yeah, and I actually think uh, if uh, Conover doesn't win, I believe his time will come. He will start
0: an opening day game. At some point during his career, mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy.
4: I believe he will be, yeah. What,
0: whatever year that might be, it'll happen. Yeah,
4: it could be this year, could be next year, year after, because he's just a freshman, right? I mean, he's, he can actually even redshirt. He can be a freshman three freaking years in a row. He's a, <laughs> he's a true freshman officially <laughs> yeah. this year despite yeah. having
1: played last year.
4: So man he may if he were to stay all four and use a red shirt he may shatter the age limit.
0: <laughs> we need a 30-year-old quarterback. Let's go. <laughs> who started his career
4: at 21? Yeah, I mean that's uh, who was it uh someone was a wanky or somebody? Wanky who he, he, he played minor league yeah, ball
0: though. He was a little older uh, in that situation too. So he, uh, I mean, 3 years at like 26, 27 to 28 or something like that. He was 30 coming out into the NFL if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. All right. Well, the opening week of college football September fourth. Less, less than uh, two months now. Yeah, there's, there's time, a few I'm big decided. games. There's a few big games the opening yeah, I, weekend. I think they're all big. Utah State is a 16.5-point underdog against Washington State.
4: That's a huge game.
0: That game will be on the Pac-12 network. Uh, kicks off a half hour after BYU and Arizona kickoff on ESPN. You got
4: Blake Anderson and his new staff. That's just a gigantic game for them. Are you kidding me? It's not a conference game, but so what? It's And I'm not going to make uh, ultimate uh, assessments on your season off of one game. But it'll
0: be our first good look.
4: Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Uh, all those games, you know, Utah, just Charlie Brewer getting out there uh, in the first game.
0: No odds on the U game. Would they play Weber? Yeah. Uh, so,
4: just just being out there, and then being out there, especially this year of all years, because fans are anticipated to be back, and that's that in and of itself. Is a celebration, and then for the Utes, we had on Mark Harlan, and they're going to run out there with their new South End Zone, which is going to be a premiere. If it's anything like any of the other facilities that they built, it's going to be great. This thing will
0: be awesome, right? Yeah, they built a football stadium as a huge step up. They built a football facility. It was a mind blowing change from what they had previously. Yeah,
4: right. As it is, any place. Yeah, you can go wherever uh anything the next new. generation you're of not things. building a new thing that sucks it's better than what it was and the Utah facilities at that point as I said with Mark at that point the Utes literally have everything that they need and fifty thousand eighty thousand the big house a hundred thousand sure that's all well and good uh but it's not it's not needed to get kids excited. 50,000 is plenty. Oregon, that's all they got. I've been in that stadium multiple times, and it's not any bigger than what the Utes
0: will have going for them. Comes down to you fill the place you have. It doesn't matter what you have. When the place is full and everybody's loud, it's a great environment. And I've seen that. I've been on that
4: field many, many times. And I've been on the field that... Uh, it's at it, Autzen Stadium. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yep. I've been on that field, too. And, and when the thing – I've been to all these places here in the conference. And when the home team's winning, it's rocking.
0: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined right now by Andrew Reinhardt with Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, Andrew, tell us about the breakthrough treatment.
5: Well, if you're out there struggling with erectile dysfunction, I, uh, I don't meet very many men that enjoy taking the pill, using injections, ordering supplements that don't work. Wasatch Medical, we use the only proven technology, wave therapy, which opens up and regrows blood vessels in this part of the body. Uh, I love the science behind it, I love all the clinicals, but I think what's more important is the change in relationships happiness levels uh intimacy in the bedroom it has kind of this ripple effect on a man's life the relationship his significant other and we love to hear how it improves and how a man leaves this clinic almost like a new person uh when we restore normal function in the bedroom
0: so cambridge studied you and i'm curious uh what 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 portion of what you do interested them the most, how long they studied it, how all that worked?
5: This was a 2018 study. They took a group of men that were no longer even responding to pills. So even though they didn't say it, I'm assuming maybe older gentlemen, unhealthy, a lot of health conditions. At the end of their study, they said all men experienced some kind of increase in blood flow. That is really cool. Uh, And there's 40 other clinical studies, by the way. So we know it works. We know we really can regrow blood vessels. And erectile dysfunction, it's a blood flow
0: problem. So what are the top causes of ED?
5: I would say diabetes and prostate issues, just kind of my opinion, what we see in the clinic, but also you're more normal than you think. If you're struggling, I don't think it necessarily means you have some underlying health condition, This is way more common than the public know about.
0: So you got a special offer for people who pick up the phone and call you right now?
5: Yes, call us now. Leave your wallet at home. There is zero cost and zero obligation. We will do the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound at no charge with our MD. You'll get the little gift uh, worth the trip, even if you don't take treatments. It produces immediate results in the bedroom. And blood work and testosterone now included to new patients. That's pretty cool and a lot of value at no charge.
0: Can you explain the special offer?
5: That, that All of that is going to be totally free. The testosterone, the exam, the assessment, and the special gift.
0: There it is. All right. Put a stop to your ED. Call Wasatch Medical right now. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000 for that special offer. 801-901-8000. Call Andrew Reinhardt at the Wasatch Medical Clinic now. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Thank you. The Big Show. The yeah. Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
6: College football is close. I'll be excited when camps open up. We're not that far away, We're really not. If I had to pin you down to one thing that you're looking forward to this football season. I'm going to start with the obvious, a full slate of games. It'll be great to have a normal football year. Can't help but think about where we were at this point last year and the debate on whether or not football was actually going to happen, in what way, shape, or form. It was just such chaos. I'm looking forward to not talking about that and talking about hey, Gordon, how do you think the running back is going to play? Yeah. You know? The first normal football season in two years i'm very much looking forward to it couldn't agree more
1: catch the big show weekdays from two to seven presented by big O tires the team you trust on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
0: dj and pk it's 97.5 1280 the zone time to catch up on all the stuff you missed in the first three and a half hours of the show sun's up two games to none on the bucks they made it look easy, PK. They took control in the second quarter. They had an answer for every run. Seemed like there was always a big three for them anytime Milwaukee made a move. And Milwaukee got back within five after being down double digits. Well, Milwaukee was up by eight early, and I think the Suns,
4: I, I think it was like 20 to 12 or 21 to 12, and all the Suns that hit was threes.
0: So the they three ended was tw- such a big deal. Yeah. They ended up 20 of 40 from the three point line. Yeah, that'll work. They do it all. They hit the mid-range. They get layups and dunks. They weren't hitting the, the uh, non-three early, but threes kept them within striking
4: distance until they got hot. And there was that one possession. It ended up with an eight and one
0: where they must have had six passes. It was ten. It really reminded me of jazz basketball. Yes. They played a lot of the things they did you could hear Quinn Snyder talking about. The way to play is not a mystery. The key is actually being able to do it. As it always is, Giannis goes off. Had an enormous game, forty-two points, twelve rebounds, but nobody went with him. The second, the third score, the balance the Suns had with uh, three guys over twenty points, and, and Booker went for thirty-one. So, I think
4: the bug situation is that they don't have the consistency out of Holiday and Middleton.
0: Those are good players. But you did have a stat on Middleton.
4: Middleton, I heard, in the first two games of every series that they've been in, which is obviously four at this point, he's averaged 17. From games three through seven, he's averaged 27. That's why I think the Bucks still are right. they maybe not right there because it puts an enormous amount of pressure on them
0: winning game three. But if they win game three, they're right there. Well, game three in Atlanta, he went for uh, thirty-eight points. So we'll see if it erupts. He went for thirty-five in game three against Brooklyn. Now some maybe it's because
4: Anthony Tacumbo was out, and so putting more, more pressure yeah. on Middleton knowing maybe he needs to have that, bring it. Yeah, I need to have that attitude of uh, even though he's playing, he is out because the Bucks are still capable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a hole. It's not a huge hole. 0-3 is a huge hole but they got to find a way to win both these ball games at home.
0: Yeah, if you go back to Phoenix 3-1, then uh, sounds like a party in Arizona, doesn't it? Clothes it out at home, bedlam. Not only that, the
4: godfather is showing up in Game 5. Really? Does he not go to games very often? I guess not. Yeah. He said, Jerry Colangelo said, I will be at Game 5. And he—he's not only the godfather of the sons, he's the godfather of pro sports in Phoenix, and he's revered as such. And I've interviewed him a few times. Like in one time, I was at my parents' house, and I had to call into him. So I'm in Phoenix. Uh, my father answers the phone. Hello, this is Jerry Colangelo. It's Patrick there? My father. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. The big time. My sons <laughs>
0: arrived. Uh, Jerry Colangelo.
4: Yeah, 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 for sure. There's been a few times when I told him I had the one-on-one interview with MJ after Game Three of his first Finals win. I played golf with Danny White once. There's just been a, a few isolated incidents that that excited the family uh, and realized, all right, maybe the the kid is the kid's onto something here. It took a while, but uh, yeah, I've interviewed. Uh, Mr. Colangelo has a lot of people talk about him and refer to him thinking. I read his read his bio And he's 28 years old and they brought him out to the Suns to interview for the GM And why do you think you're qualified? To be here in this interview Well, unless I'm mistaken, you think I'm qualified. <laughs> That's why you paid my way out here <laughs> Nice and he got the gig <laughs>
0: Dwayne Wade was at the game last night. He was. Hugging Booker at the end of the game. He's, he's a right. citizen of the world. I saw on social media he'd been in Miami. There's a... He's got businesses there. Didn't yeah. He? I think he moved
4: to Los Angeles, but he's got businesses still going on. I, I love this type of story. I love it when somebody uses what they're really good at to cash in at something else.
0: Leverage it into yeah, the next I thing. I think
4: that's, that is role model-ish. For all pro athletes, use your money wisely.
0: Stand. And set yourself up for the next phase of your life. Yeah, and be a good dude, and you've made enormous amount of contacts. Well, the reason I knew is in Miami was I saw on social media that he went to the site of the condo collapse, and they have a, uh, a memorial there, and so he was there uh-huh. and quoted it. And maybe it was from the previous day, and I saw it late on social media, but when I saw it, I thought, oh, he was there in the morning. And then at night I'm watching the game and Booker walks off the floor. Yeah, he hey, wait him. a minute. Yeah, well he's, they
4: show they showed him yeah. there. I saw that too.
0: I saw the hug and all that stuff. Great. Yeah. He's everywhere. Other things that have been topics on the show. David Locke came on and talked about the market for not just for Mike Conley, but for point guards. He just thinks there's gonna be a lot of point guards on the move. Lakers in the market for a point guard, Schroeder's on the move looking for a new team. Bulls, Mavericks. Heat, Knicks, he ran down a list. He thought as many as nine could move. Where does Lowry land? Doesn't mean that everybody ends up moving in this game of musical chairs, but there could be a lot out there. And then the issue for the Jazz, of course, is they need to go all in on Conley because they're over the cap, and they're not going to be able to uh, sign these other free agents for big money.
4: No, unless there's uh, some kind of movement, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. and. I got to believe they're in the driver's seat, though, to retain his services.
0: He wants a lot of money, and they can do that. And he wants a shot at the title, and they're as close as anybody. And Locke did bring up there's just a lot of noise about Chris Paul to the Knicks. You have a chance to go back to back. You don't do it, yeah. you walk away. And, well,
4: see, I also read something, and they have a deal about uh, players who are over 36, what they can be signed to. Uh, to buy other teams you might mm-hmm. want to check into that because I don't know that the Knicks are going to be an option I saw something on that from the Phoenix perspective uh, That they're not they're not that worried about all that stuff Right now. Obviously, they're not worried about it right now uh, So we'll see what happens there uh, But I think that I think Conley I, I I just don't think that he wants to go through the personal trauma of having to drive to an take a new route to a, to the practice site.
0: Okay, you're laying it on a little thick. It took a year
4: and a half to get that thing down. It did. That might have been one of the dumbest excuses I've <laughs> the heard drive. for, for poor, poor play or not living up to expectation. Yeah. <laughs> a new route. And I realized it was just symbolic of the bigger point. But sometimes
0: things just get under your skin. And that got under yours. Yes. <laughs> We've heard about it quite a bit. Everybody else is moving on. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck on it. No, but see, I think now, but it's, it's important now to bring it up because he knows the route. Yes, I think the bigger point is: does he want to get used to a new coach, a new system, no, no. and new teammates? Not when
4: you got a good one here, right?
0: Especially at least my perspective.
4: You. I'm not a grass is greener dude. If I got something your good, I try to
0: hold on to it through your eyes. You ready for the NBA finals to slow down now? Every third day, uh, Thursday to Sunday. To Wednesday, to Saturday, they are really spacing this thing out. I like the Sunday thing because usually Sunday nights, almost all Sunday nights,
4: I'm home. Whereas Fridays and Saturdays, I can't guarantee so that I get, I'm going to be home.
0: I get three games a week. If you stay on the Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, so once in a while you end up with the third day, I get that. That's fine. But when every game, and when you start playing the 11th, the 14th, the 17th, the 20th, that just seems like too much time. We're back to a first-round type schedule here. and Those oh, always yeah. move too slowly. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Plenty of rest, though, for the, uh, both teams to play their starters. Just massive minutes when you know you're going to have three days till the next game.
4: If I were the Suns, I'd be a little bit bugged about that because you've got to spend more time in Milwaukee than they had to spend in Phoenix. And you've got home court. It should be the other way around. Because, you know, sleeping in your own bed, big, <laughs> big, big, big deal. I wonder if, if I'm Sarver, I import their beds.
0: Fly them in. Because they're going to be in Milwaukee that'd for be a good whole, long time. That'd be a hilarious story. <laughs> the sons have flown <laughs> in <into> everyone's bed. <laughs> so you get to sleep in your own bed. No, I know. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> video, <laughs> video of movers carrying mattresses into a hotel. Now, the good thing is they probably won't have to
4: leave until Saturday afternoon. No need to go today. Uh, but you'll be there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. That's a lot of killing time, man. Yep. Especially because I assume there's probably some, there's some protocol spiel. So it's not like they, I don't know, can they go take in a Brewers game? I don't, I don't
0: know. Everybody, Hey, we got a bonus day. Let's just get in the bus and let's go tour lambo. It's a two-hour drive. Let's kill some time.
4: Well, you'll often see that. If the, there's a the game, you'll see pro, other pros in other yeah. sports going to stadiums to watch other yeah. games. Something to do
0: standing on the sideline in NFL games. Wrong time of year for that, but you see those shots all the time. All right, other, uh, other sports news that we, uh, we touched on briefly. Uh, scary for Drew Locke driving through Kansas. A bouncing tire, according to Kansas Highway Patrol. Had to dodge that, but what has been described as a rogue lug nut from the tire embedded hmm. itself in his windshield.
4: I like to think of myself as a rogue lug nut. There's some truth
0: to that. (laughs) I can see your point. (laughs) DJ and Rogue Lugnut, Patrick Kinahan. Well, I mean, I think it's clear I bring a lot of them.
4: I've brought a lot of them over the years. I mean, guys say, man, you got a lot of lug nuts. (laughs) Okay. Come on, guys, you didn't see that? (laughs) I was waiting for it.
1: Just wasn't ready when it ultimately was delivered.
0: Well, there were plenty of other things we talked about, but maybe we should just leave it right there. On that note, when we come back, your feedback, a lot of people weighing in their take. The Suns are up 2-0. You thought the Jazz would be up 2-0. You hoped it. You expected it. You're freakishly disappointed they're not, or you're over it. Full range of opinions on display next. Stay with us.
2: And it's all over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started.
1: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Stuart
3: Mandel, editor-in-chief of The Athletic.
4: What are we looking at right now with the college football playoff? How much longer are
6: we going to deal with this 14 thing before we see an expansion?
2: The message coming out of the last set of meetings in Dallas is definitely, you know, pump the brakes. This is very complicated. There's a lot of contracts, and they all go through 2026, and that it would actually be surprising. So the people in that room if they could start it earlier. I think the reality is that they're going to have a discussion with ESPN this summer and ESPN is going to say, we'll pay you whatever you want to blow that thing up and start it sooner. I don't think you can put that back in the bottle and say, we're not going to use this for five years. I think who's everybody involved to figure out a way to get it started sooner and the logical date is 2023, two seasons from now.
1: Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJPK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for your feedback. All the stuff you've had to say about today's show. How many of us think it's the Jazz? It should be up 2-0 in the finals. And a Utah man says, not me. What do you do for you? Bruno says, sons are the better team, to be honest. Bruno. Okay? I'd agree with this, Marshall says. The Jazz were not nearly deep enough to win with injuries they had. The Clippers were, and here we are. Sean says the point is injuries happen to everyone. The Jazz didn't have enough good players to step up when the injuries hit.
4: Well, they lost, so it's hard to argue otherwise. Yep.
0: Sean says the Jazz cannot win a title with Rudy Gobert taking up one-third of their cap space. Can't. Drop the hammer. It's impossible. Then drop Gobert. That would seem to be the <laughs> obvious reaction if you believe that.
4: Well, why? Is he like the new Mark and We're just going to bang on him?
0: Yes. It's got to be somebody's fault. And I don't want it to be several people's fault because I love all these people. I can, only, I can only muster the courage to blame one person.
4: Well, Gobert's got to get better, and so, you know, he's spoken about trying to be the best that he can be, so I suspect he will get better. I wish he had a little bit more of an offensive move for sure.
0: I can live without the offensive move. I would trade that right now and just say finish to the contact when they go small. Overpower those little guys, just dunks, alley-oops and dunks. Okay, that you is you got the size bad. advantage, right. I don't need the back to the basket. And the, I take it if you had it.
4: I want a crossover perimeter jumper from 20. <laughs> that's, okay. Keep the wrist
0: cocked as you go down. Okay, here, here's the rogue lug nut right there. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't take that? I would take it, but that's not happening. Nevertheless. I would absolutely take it. That's what I'm saying. Ben says not me. Suns are on a different level and would have beaten the Jazz in the Western Conference final. We were getting a lot of that. There's a lot of realism here, not a lot of homerism. I think it's a lot of negativism. I don't think it's oh, a lot really? of realism at this point. How do like, you know
4: that's don't, realistic? You so don't at that know.
0: point, so at that point, don't uh, don't tease me with a title that could have been. If they hadn't lost, then they just would have lost in the next round. So it wouldn't have been a title. So I don't have to think about it anymore.
4: Yeah, we're the Jazz. Everything that one something's going to go wrong. We don't know what it is. And believe me, I'd heard that from so many for Phoenix people, and they probably still think
0: <laughs> at two zero yeah. at two
4: zero they won't allow themselves. This of all the heartache they've had, this would be the hardiest of the heartaches.
0: Oh, this would be horrible, uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and that would be that would be horrible, yeah, that would just well just
4: I be guarantee awful. you when I go to the gym today, they're gonna be talking about the possibility of that, particularly sometimes they they'll just do a segment with calls, and there's gonna be people who thinking, yeah, okay, something's gonna go wrong, chris Paul's gonna do something Booker's gonna get COVID uh, protocol, who knows. Uh, and a tweak here or there. Yeah, because this this franchise, in terms of winning a title, just like this one here in town, it's been nothing but heartache. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of good times along the way, and they've been competitive for a great number of years. But in terms of winning it all, it hasn't gotten done. So, yeah, it's almost too good to be true. And now you're two games away against an opponent that, at least right now, doesn't strike a whole lot of fear in you. At best, they're going to have one legendary player. Yes. At best. Yeah. So the, the, door, the door was open for the Jazz for sure. But now because of circumstances, it's much more open for the Suns. And Suns fans, similar boat to here. So they're thinking, man, can this possibly be true? It is right now. We'll never know if the Jazz would have lost to the Suns. So I think that's a little defense mechanism. I'm not going to allow myself to think about that because then it hurts even more. And I imagine there's be some people around here, and we'll get to that if the Suns should win, that it's going to bug them. Well, wait a second. Not not the Suns, man. It's, <laughs> it's almost like we can live with the Lakers and the Warriors, but not the Suns. They're us.
0: Not the Suns. Yeah, but that means it can be done here. Nah. Can, Tope. But... Of course, if the Bucks pull it off, it means it can be done here too.
4: No, you 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 push that narrative, and I don't understand that. It's been proven a million times over that it can be done. So I don't I don't need a million
0: times over.
4: So so I say five hundred (laughs) thousand. The point is that it's been shown plenty of
0: times. Detroit showed it, Dallas showed it, the Spurs showed it. What do I need more? Uh, the Spurs is a different deal. I mean, you got slam dunk number one draft pick. Everybody drooling over him. Yeah, it can be done if you get that guy and he stays.
4: And but you have gone, gone for years that. to tell me about the other guys in the second round picks. And they now to change your
0: argument, you've no, gone with the number one guy. No, you certainly have to have those smart picks later, and they did. But you—they had hall of famers later, honor. not smart picks. And they couldn't. And and Parker and Ginobili wouldn't have won without Duncan. And now Duncan wouldn't have won one out with there them. There is made, yes. <laughs> so that was But the simple. Jazz are never had the number one pick to get the Duncan. You don't need so the number if you one go pick. You need Dallas. Hall of Fame players. If you want to go with the 4 Pistons, and if you want to go with 2011 Dallas, yes. But even this feels better than those. Uh, the Bucks don't have the number one pick. Phoenix has the number one pick, so he was the number one pick.
4: So if you need the number and, one pick, they got it.
0: And he wasn't all that. He wasn't even the best player in the draft. No, he wasn't.
4: And the number one He doesn't the, the, feel like the best a slam dunk. In a draft that's not that's has not like not that. gotten out of the friggin' first round.
0: Right. So what and difference does that make? That's not like getting <laughs> the number one pick and getting Duncan or Shaq or LeBron when everybody is drooling okay. in those years. Okay. And and,
4: that's and, and nobody was drooling over the greatest player of all time and he went third. And what the hell yep. difference does that make? You're just going in circles. I'm chasing my own tail here. Get as many great players as you can get. It doesn't matter if they're the number one pick or if come is the number 15th pick or who's uh, no, Jokic is the second round pick and he's the MVP. None of that stuff matters. It All that matters is get the best players and stay healthy and play well. And as they say, voila! What do they say? Voila! <laughs> <laughs> Rogue like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what matters the most, man. You, you had my head spinning there. I literally got a headache. Good. Number one pick and this and
0: that. Jordan wasn't the number one pick. <laughs> so the Suns, when they're, when they're all snake bit, is that largely because what happened with Nash? Phoenix? Yeah, right? Yes. With Nash and the hip check and all that, or is it all the other ones? Because they, <sighs> they were up two well on the Rockets twice and got beat by both of Elijah one's title teams. Correct, because Barkley's a gagger. But they were... Well, I guess it proves it happens because they were down 0-2 to the Lakers and came back on the year Barkley took them to the finals and they won in five. So 0-2, they got three examples of 0-2 doesn't mean it's done. 0-2 or 2-0. Sure, two yeah. They, they, once they escaped from that in a best-of-five... And then twice they lost in best yeah, of seven. I
4: think that if you're going to put the heartache rank them, I think the Nash thing. The Nash thing's because a Because the heartache. Spurs
0: swept the Nets in the final, if I remember correctly. Oh, that was, that was one of those cases where the, the two best teams had to meet before the finals. That was like Cowboys Niners. Like, these are the two best teams. The, the Nets weren't in the same league. Right. So I think because of...
4: It was assumed that you would win. So that when they beat the Lakers in that first-round series, and you know, I think they had a dogfight with the, with the Sonics at that point to get to the finals. Well, you're facing MJ. Uh, they, like the Jazz, if you didn't want to beat MJ, you had two opportunities when he was gone, and you didn't get it done. And the Rockets got them both. Right. And so then all Lajuan is elevated, and good for him. And Rudy T, heart of a champion, and all that stuff. The only thing that sucks about that is Maxwell got it.
0: <laughs> oh man, it was good to
4: see Drexler get on, get in on the second one. That that's nice.
0: Yeah, Maxwell didn't get the second one. He got right. kicked off the team. Right. What a knucklehead. What? A, and now that was a lug nut. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the biggest lug nut. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Andrew Reinhart, Wasatch Medical Clinic with a breakthrough treatment for ED. Andrew, good morning. Hello,
5: good morning. Yeah, we do have a breakthrough treatment, and guys have heard us talk about this, maybe been a little hesitant, they feel like they're too young to be struggling in the bedroom. Uh, you're probably not too young. There's probably a lot of guys younger than you. Um, it's so common. but wasatch medical can take care of the problem with our wave therapy backed by 40 clinical studies it very gently and pretty quickly opens up and regrows blood vessels it treats the root cause of the problem and think of this two to three weeks from now you could be done with these treatments that's inside of the month of July what would that do to your relationship with your loved one to the frequency the intimacy and maybe even overall happiness, generally it does some pretty great things.
0: So the top causes of ED, you keep talking to uh, patients and they keep telling you the same things, don't they?
5: Yeah, we do see a lot of diabetes and prostate issues come in, but uh, we do see younger guys, 20s, 30s, and 40s, that maybe just aren't performing like they used to. I think overall it's more normal than we think. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean you have some underlying condition. Anybody can experience this and probably younger than we'd like.
0: So you got a special offer for people who call right now.
5: Yes. Last segment of the day, the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with our MD. That's free. Uh, Leave your wallet at home, by the way. There is absolutely no charge. You get the special gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. That is great, even if you don't plan on taking treatments. It's worth the trip. And new patients right now get blood work and testosterone. That is cool as well. Give us a call. It's all no charge.
0: Call 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000 is the number for Wasatch Medical Clinic. Call Andrew now and get that special offer at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Appreciate it.